spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Shower time difference. Okay. So if we get him on at three, be about nine, I believe. So as long as he Look ain't one of them you. old folks that goes to, oh yeah, Look forget sports. I mean, we'll just talk Tiger King for three hours, man. <laughs> Holy moly! Watch that. Uh, started a new show. Well, it's not. It's new to me. Manifest started that. You know, like I was telling my one buddy, man, like this is the perfect time just to like watch everything you've ever heard about. Anything you heard about that had any type of positive traction, just go ahead and watch it. What else you got to do? You got plenty of time. <laughs> plenty of time. You got plenty of time. But all right, well, happy belated birthday. Thank man. you. I appreciate it. If you want to call Kevin, wish him a happy birthday, you could do so. Or we can do um, some shots over uh, Facebook or Instagram, whatever. I, we want to get do it right now. Our job security ain't that tight to begin with. <laughs> ain't so nobody might... <laughs> here. The bosses ain't here. We good. Wait, is he? I thought I saw his car out there. <laughs> all right. Now, a uh, lot to get into today. Right, so, again, we'll open up with this. And, again, 457-9464, that's the number to uh, jump in on the conversation. You can also jump in on the conversation through Twitter, at 1410-Kenner-K-I-N-N-E-R. And, of course, reach Kev. You throw out your Twitter and Instagram and all One that stuff. One Kev Nash. One Kev Nash. So there's multiple ways to get involved and in, in touch with us throughout these next three hours and even after that. So, uh, let's do this. So, Obi Toppin's brother, Jacob Toppin, plays at Rhode Island. And or no longer plays at Rhode Island. It was announced earlier today, Jeff Goodman uh, with Stadium tweeted out that uh, that Jacob Toppin has announced that he will be transferring from Rhode Island um, and no word as where he will go. And right away, the UD bus starts going. But here's the problem with that. And it's not UD that's the problem. It's the A-10 that's the problem. I don't know. The Big Ten doesn't have this rule, and I don't think the SEC and the ACC do. Like, if you you cannot transfer, you could transfer to school, but you have to sit out two years. Mm. You have to sit out two years if you transfer within the A10. That that's the only wrinkle. That's why I would not put a lot of weight into seeing him with the Flyers. Actually, there's a couple reasons. For one, there's that reason. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, a big key. Now, the the only reason I, I'm a little skeptical on that is I think that with the NCAA's, we're still waiting to hear the outcome of the vote on the one-time transfer rule without penalty. I don't know how much of the conferences. I don't know how much of the governing conferences can actually change not change those rules but maybe make it more strict and say mm -hmm. so maybe if the ncaa comes out and says you could transfer one time without penalty i'm curious if the ncaa works with the conferences and says okay you can transfer out of conference one time without penalty but i'm not a big fan of that either it's like if you're transferring you're transferring yeah why does it matter um but as far as that's concerned there's other reasons um there was last year for instance when rhode island was here and the ud fan base Student section started chanting "Obi's better, Obi's better." That's not a, that's not a good way to to kind of to you know. To be fair, to be, I mean he is better. He is better. He, is better. he should know that. He, he should is know better, that. but they didn't know he had the possibility of transferring. So. You should all, but that's the thing. In today's day and age, with the, with I mean, and besides, the Flyers are going to be living on transfers here next year. They're going to have to rely on a lot of transfers. They better be a lot nicer to players from now on. I'm just saying. No, uh, look, they had a fantastic season. Obi Toppin, uh, the the amount of growth from one year to the next was, I mean, over the two years that he was there was unbelievable. Jacob Toppin averaged about five and a half or five point one points per game, three point nine rebounds. He's just like a four. point guard, though, right? Yeah, not, I mean, he's not a, a wing. He's a point guard, right? Yeah, and keep in mind too, like Rhode Island got like those two twins, the two big ass post players from uh, Maryland. Mm -hmm. Those two big, uh, I mean, the twins they kind of transferred unexpectedly. Maryland fans weren't expecting that, but Rhode Island. 
Cleveland loaded up. Their roster's like completely turned around. Maybe the writing was on the wall for him, and he's going to go elsewhere. If he does come to UD, obviously, you know, his brother played here. Uh, the coaching staff, the family trusts the coaching staff. Um, you know, he's familiar with the program. He's friends with all. I mean, if you follow the kid on Instagram, a lot of times, or OB for that matter, too. I mean, anytime that they're FaceTime and you got the other players talking to one another. So, like, I think that there's some friendships there, too. But there's also the mindset of, hey, I don't want to continue playing in my brother's shadows. But you're always going to. I was just going to go there. I mean, look how the tweet was formed today. It wasn't Rhode Island's Jacob Toppin. It was Obi Toppin's younger brother, Jacob Toppin, announces he's transferring. The kid can't even get, like, I mean, hell, Rhode Island's having to live in Obi's shadows. They (laughs) couldn't even get any love in the tweet till later on. But he's always going to be Obi's little brother. Right. And so, although you could say that's a reason he won't go to UD, my thing is, you're going to be, whether you go to Wright State, whether you go to Nevada, whether you, I don't care where you go, you're always going to be Obi Toppin's little brother at that point, unless you go somewhere and all of a sudden put up 20 a game, and then we're talking about something different. But there's going to be high expectations no matter where he goes. Absolutely. Uh, I think there's a 0% chance he shows up at UD. Zero? Zero percent. I'm a younger brother. I know what it's like to be in your older brother's shadow your entire life and everything. See, I'm the older one. I'm like, get over it. <laughs> everything <laughs> that you do, the uh, athletics or academics, like you're compared to your to your older brother. And for a short, brief stint in my life, I was better than my brother at something, and and that was in school. Until he got to college and decided to get his stuff together, and then was just graduated class, top of the honors, and then I got to right state and decided to. <laughs> Let's party, you know. So, and and athletics, you know, is totally different. People look at you and expect so much. I mean, look what happened to Michael Jordan's kids, you know. Oh yeah, like they got wrecked for that. No, they definitely did. And like that's the thing about that. Too. I mean, you're looking at we're talking about kids at that point. I mean, look at LeBron's son. I mean, LeBron's kid has a ton of pressure and a ton of eyes on him. We're talking about now. We're not talking about siblings anymore. We're talking about you know. Kids now, and that's a completely different story. My thing is, is this: what I, look, if Obi's brother comes here, that's great. Right now, uh, UD has missed out on a lot of top transfers. Uh, there's, there's no secret about that. They have missed out on a ton of transfers. Hey, you need a pen? Here you go. Yes. There you go. See, all good. You, that's a good, a good assist right there. Dropping uh, dimes. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, is oh, but look, UD also had another younger brother, too, onto the Mm-hmm. Now, he definitely did not live up to his brother's, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, but who knows. And by the way, he's developing pretty good yeah. in, in the G League. Um, I don't know what his future is in the NBA, but you look at the NBA body that he has on him now compared to what he had leaving UD, I think there's a future there. And by the way, I feel bad for the Antetokounmpo family because him and the other two brothers oh, – all they are are pawns in the free agent wooing yes. game. Um who knows? But you know what I mean? Like, Milwaukee has one. Of, there's three of them, right? There's Costas. There's the kid on Milwaukee. But there's another one. Yeah, it's the one one in high school as well. Oh, so I think there's brother, more. I thought there was three of them in the NBA. Four no, of them total. Maybe I'm, right. I think one plays for the Lakers. That's the that's Costas on the Cooper from UD. All right. And then there's the one in Milwaukee. Yeah. And then there's obviously... Definitely in high school. It's definitely one in high school as well. Okay. So there's that. But regardless, I feel bad for them because they're all being used. Like, there's no doubt about it. Milwaukee re-signed the Antetokounmpo kid that doesn't get any playing time and has nothing to do with anything, but they pay them handsomely. Why? Because they're trying to – they know how much family means to Antetokounmpo. Yeah. And they're, but the Lakers knew that too. Now, I think – Antetokounmpo, the Lakers system, actually, that's pretty smart because that's typical Lakers right there. When this LeBron, Anthony Davis thing kind of, when LeBron kind of fades off, 
typical Lakers, watch Antetokounmpo develop into a superstar like right. his brother. That's typical Lakers right there. The basketball gods looking out on them. I doubt it happens, but you never know. I know exactly where Toppin's brother's going. It ain't Wright State. I know, and it's not Wright State. I know exactly where he's going. I'm going to let you finish. I always blurt out your answer, so I'm just going to let you get there. He's going to wherever school in whatever city that OB's drafted to. If it's Golden State, he'll be playing for San Francisco University. If he's playing for the Cavs, he's going to go to Cleveland State. Yeah, he's going to go to Cleveland State. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Ride that gravy train, bruh. If my brother was a Actually, millionaire, you know what? That is, that is I would true. be there, too. That's where he's going, dude. That's where he's going. <laughs> going to have a condo. Instead of living in the dorms, going to have a condo. Nice little SUV. Not, oh, yeah. You know, not a terrible idea. Not a terrible idea. Louisville, no, in all seriousness, as far as Jacob Toppin's concerned, Louisville is a name I've heard dropped a little bit. I just don't know how good he is. And to be honest, in four five seven nine four six four. um you know, he didn't get he got playing time last year, but I mean he wasn't a featured player. Uh and I think that this year coming up I think was a, supposed to be a breakout opportunity for I think what he's looking for is an opportunity mm-hmm. somewhere that he can go and get a lot of playing time. U D is gonna be that team if he gets there, uh, but there's a lot of roadblocks there. For one, my thinking is I don't like when people say, Oh, well the o- older brother thing only because he's gonna that is gonna follow him anywhere. I don't care if you go to some no if you go to Nevada, I don't care what no name school you go to the fan base is going to go crazy because Toppin's coming to our school the way that this school was with Antetokounmpo. It was a very harsh reality when you realized that Antetokounmpo couldn't dribble and chew gum at the same time. Like, that was a problem. And you're like, what the hell, man? He doesn't even have even a fraction of his brother's talent. Now, I think that the gap between Giannis and Kostas was a lot larger than, no, that ain't true. Obi's too damn good. That ain't even fair. I try to be nice, but no, Obi's too damn good. Let's go to Ed. Ed and Dayton, what's up, man? Hey, Justin, how you doing? Good. Are you calm down? <laughs> yeah. Are you, you better freaking calm down, Ed. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm double dipping today. I was on talking to Keith. But, uh, yeah. I, I just wanted to say, uh, no matter what the guy's last name is, I just want Anthony to get the best player available. Uh-huh. But, but the other thing I was going to ask you is, because of Dayton's success, when are we going to start getting our four- and five-star guys and instead of going to Kentucky or or is that a, is that just a whole different level? Uh, that's no, that's a very fair question, and people like to think I like to poke and take shots at UD, and I'm telling you now, when I take shots like this, this is not at UD, it's at the conference that they're in. Mm-hmm. It's not that UD is not good enough, or that their facilities aren't good enough, or that the respect of the program's not good enough. Those types of players, and I'm not saying you can't sprinkle one in every once in a while, but you're not going to get that consistent love. Look, they're struggling on the recruiting, not recruiting trail, they're struggling on the transfer list trail right now. I, I thought with them being the number three team in the country, I thought with them having the National Coach of the Year, and you know NBA lottery pick and Obi and all the attention they got on Sports Center and all the love and, and the, you know on every March Madness show out there talking about oh how they they would have been the team that would have shined in the NCAA they got so much love that I thought that that would have at least led to a little bit of an overflow of guys wanting to line up to come play here and that's not the case. I think it has more to do with the conference they play in than the program itself. The program's fantastic. The coaches, I love Anthony Grant. Uh, they've proven they can win at the highest of levels beyond just, hey, winning their conference and going on a run in the tournament. They proved that they can you know, finish top five in the country. They can do it all, but they have to get out of that conference. To me, that's the biggest thing holding them back. 
Well, Gonzaga is not really in one of those conferences, and they've maintained. But look how long that they've done. But like they've dominated that conference for two decades now. Like there's been like even on a down year for them, they're still ranked, or a down year for them, they're still in the NCAA tournament. Like you know, it's been a few years since UD's been in the NCAA tournament. Not their fault for this year, but technically, by the time we get to 2021, that would have been three, maybe four years if there's a season. Don't get mad. Uh, You know, (laughs) since they've been in the tournament. So who knows? Ed, I got a question for you. Ed, I got a question for you. Do you do you really want these Kentucky guys, these one and done guys to go to UD or do you want like guys that are going to be with the program for two to three years and develop and have a magical season like UD just had uh, you want these one and done guys that you know show up for a semester and then that's it they never even show back up in Dayton ever again I'd rather have the two star guys now that you mentioned it but maybe maybe that's where uh, uh, colleges like Duke and Kentucky get in trouble maybe you've got to give these guys something because the two-star guys aren't going to come to camp and say, hey, I need a car. <laughs> but the, the four- and five-star guys, there's a big competition for those guys. So maybe, you know, two-star is cool for us. You know, so. Yeah, and, and that's how you're going to have to do it, too. And, again, there's only so many of those elite ba- uh, players in college basketball. And you're seeing a lot of those talented kids. I mean, a lot of those guys you think you could sprinkle out over a, you know over multiple programs, but a lot of those players are going to Duke and Kentucky and the big programs. And you're seeing Kentucky will sit on a few NBA guys. Duke will sit on a few NBA guys. Rather than them go elsewhere to be the guy at that specified program, they're backlogged in an in already packed roster. So it's interesting, the mindset of recruits. But then when you watch the transfers, the transfers that they pick, they're not the most appealing you know, teams that they're going to. I mean, I'm seeing a kid here in O'Bannon leave USC to go to TCU. Uh, you, you, know, you know what I mean? Like uh, leaving Duke to go to Creighton. Like it's not like these schools are the, the big – they're not leaving to go to these bigger, better schools. They're leaving the better schools to go to these questionable programs. And I'm like, well, why couldn't the number three team in the country beat some of them out as far as what they can offer? So that's always interesting to me. Right, right. I, I just want Anthony – what he's doing is working great and just keep it up. That's it. All right, Ed, great hearing from you, man. Take care. All right. Four five seven nine four six four. Yeah, the uh the tree from uh Purdue. Mm-hmm. Uh he picked oh, who did he pick over the weekend? I didn't see. Oh it. no, he didn't pick anyone over the weekend. He put his final list out and it did not include U D. Mm. And he called him the tree. That's funny. Well, he's, <laughs> I mean, but in typical, but and this isn't Flyer fans. This is home. Th- these are Homer fans for any fan base that's out there. But what happens right away is, is you put that out there that oh, this player did not pick UD as one of the finalists. You know, UD's whiffing on another you know prime target that they could have easily uh, brought in here. And one of the fans are oh, he's not even that good. He's He's good when he comes here, but when they're not good, that you know, when they don't choose you, that means they're not that good. You can't have it both ways. Um, but I'm pulling this up now. So the Arizona, again, Matt Harms, the yeah. tall kid from Purdue. Arizona, Arkansas, Boston College, BYU, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Memphis, Minnesota, Texas Tech, uh, and, and teams like that. So, you, you know, UNC, Greenboro. I mean, North Carolina. So I'm just like, really? Like, UD can't be a finalist? But, again, we don't know the details of all, you know, there's so many transfers out there. Not everyone is going to have UD on the list. How many of those players did UD even go after? Anthony Grant knows what he wants. He knows what he's doing. You can't sit there and question a guy that just led the team to number three in the country. And, oh, yeah, one national coach of the year. So I'm not going to throw shade like that. But at the same time, I think it's a fair question. 
Why? Uh, I mean, you think more people would be flooding to UD after the year that they just had, but that shows these players, you can't rule them with one good season. It yeah. has to be, you know, you have to live in the spotlight a little bit. You can't just have your 15 minutes of fame and expect people to come knocking on your door like that. I so. would love to ask Coach Grant, how does the transfer process go? Like when you're speaking to a potential recruit, especially a grad transfer, like I guess you got to think like your goals have to match up. You know, I know that the coaches always have team goals, but, you know, when you're a grad transfer, you got individual goals. I would assume an individual goal for someone that's a grad transfer is to, I want to be guaranteed a starting spot. I want to be the feature player on offense so I can show my skills and show my talent to get to the next level. But as a coach, you have to be able to say, well, these are the team goals and we're going to run the offense a certain way and run things a certain way. So I would love to ask Coach Grant or any other basketball coach that when they're dealing with a grad transfer, what's the difference between working with a grad transfer and working with a uh, incoming recruit, a freshman straight out of high school, like what are the different challenges you have? Well, keep in mind, not all of these are grad transfers. These mm-hmm. are kids that are trans. Like, I don't know about you, but a year is a long time. Super long time. And for me to literally leave where I'm at, to go sit out a year, I couldn't fathom it. As a fan, I can't, like when the Ohio State football season's over, I can't stand waiting that six, seven months for the season to come back. I can't imagine me as a player saying, hey, I want to leave where I'm at to go transfer elsewhere and then have to sit out all of this offseason, all of the season coming up, and all of next offseason. I don't get how these guys do it. So I, I love that the NCAA had the rule in place. So you had to sit out a year because I thought that would deter a lot of guys from doing that. Hey, you know what? I'm good enough where I'm at. No. And th- that's why they're doing, you know, having this conversation about the transfer policy because, hey, it's not working, and all you're doing is punishing yourself. You're taking great players in mm-hmm. your athletics, you know, in college, in, in football and basketball, and you're making them sit out a year. I don't think a year without Joe Burrow is a good thing. He got to play right away, but you see my point. Yeah. You know, if, if you Jalen Hurts got to go to Oklahoma and play right away, imagine if you had one less year of him, and people aren't starstruck by him, but you see my point. Justin Fields, what if he would have had to sit out a year to come to Ohio State and play? You mean to tell me that college football would have been without that last year, I'm sorry, you're only hurting yourself. So I see why college athletics. Trace Martell would have started, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, he was a shots out to the tater, man. Hope what everything's good to? in Miami, man. Hope everything's cool down there. His girlfriend's fine though. She's crazy. She's crazy. You see the hit that her and his mom were like going back and forth on Twitter. Dude. Like the mom was saying that she basically kidnapped him and that they haven't talked to him in months and that they what? that they weren't even they didn't even realize that he was he was stepping away from football and they're saying that it's all the girlfriend and the girlfriend's like oh no I've been I, I you know the mom's crazy I've been pushing him to play and blah 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 like it was hilarious wow. see you need a you need to do some TMZ reading no longer. man no man I'm all I'm out of that just show me the games. All right, good stuff. But uh, to sum up, again, Obi Toppin's brother, Jacob Toppin. And I, I hate doing that, too. I, sh- I should just say Rhode Island's Jacob Toppin. Who? But Obi Toppin's brother, Jacob Toppin, announces that he will transfer from Rhode Island. Um, and, and look, right away, the questions start with, you know, you know, I put it out today. Oh, could we see another Toppin with the Flyers next year? Yes, we could. Uh, it's a possibility, uh, but as right now, and Soli, I saw Soli on Twitter earlier. He's the one that tweeted this out, that the A-10, they have the rules of you got to sit out two years. I'm not familiar with that rule. I'm not familiar with that being a rule in any other conference. It's amazing to me that out of all conferences, no disrespect to the A-10, but why would the A-10 have a rule like that, and why would the bigger conferences not follow suit with it? I find it strange. But it's a rule that deters stuff like this from happening. Hey, you don't want all these players going to build up one super team in the conference, but what's you know, what if it goes builds a super team elsewhere? What's the difference? But 
you don't have to face them twice a year. But could Jacob Toppin be at UD? Yes, but there's more reasons for him not to be. The fans chanting, Obi's better. Um, <laughs> the fact that, yes, there is the shadow of his, of his brother, but you don't want to go to the, the house that Obi built, right? Like oh. You don't want to go there. I don't know. going to be interesting to keep an eye on that. That's for sure. 457-9464, The Justin Kinner Show. We'll be back in a moment. Right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. We just can't have nice things. We just have nice things. Folks, last night, ESPN did something I thought that was pretty cool. It was pretty different. It was outside the box. And it's something that we as, as sports fans need right now. And instead of being grateful, all I saw was nothing but you guys on social media just being hateful, man. What is wrong with you guys? <laughs> like, words to begin with. You can't be around one another. So ESPN, the NBA, they decided, and some of these players, Tamika Catchings, Michael Conley Jr., Paul Pierce, Trey Young, uh, uh, I'm missing some. Bottom line is, I thought it was cool. I thought the star power, Chris Paul, I thought the star power could have been bigger, but you know what? I thought it was cool that these guys and gals even wanted to do this to begin with because all we do is complain is, oh, man, another replay of the such-and-such World Series. Oh, another NBA Finals replay. I just want something like So the NBA and ESPN decides that we're going to do something for our fans. We're going to give them something a little unique, a little different, and you as fans, who, by the way, are all either working from home or are unfortunately been impacted from a job standpoint or, you know, your kids are at home every day, you have been impacted by this, so you know that life is not normal as usual, so why would you expect a high-quality, uh, business-as-usual type broadcast for this? Folks, this was done for you, and you made it sound like, oh, how dare ESPN waste my time with this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you, I mean, this is why I, I don't even want to have a college football season, because I know that if we have a college football season with no fans, I'm going to have to deal with what I had to see on social media last night, which was just pure hatred and pure, I know better, I know more than everyone else, I know uh, that the NBA, that ESPN could have done better what are you talking about i thought it was it was what it should have been it is what their their production should look a little less than what we're accustomed to because just like us they're impacted by it hell i mean like i i thought it was cool what they did bottom line i you know and we're laughing tamika catchings outside in indiana it's windy it's cold she's having to shoot outside at her house and michael conley jr has this badass indoor court and he's warm and and you know he's just making it look easy I thought it was cool. It was unique. What I, if live sports were going on and they did this, I would have been like, okay, that was pretty dumb. Why did they even do it? But be, considering the circumstances, I applaud ESPN. I applaud the NBA. Good for them. Good for them for trying to give us something that we're all too ungrateful to be to appreciate. There, I'm done. I was highly entertained, man. And at this point, that's all you can ask for, man. Some type of entertainment, some type of sports. Uh, you know, we our buddy DJ Killer Kev. I know he's big into uh, gambling, <laughs> and he we we placed a little wager on who was gonna win and everything like that. I mean, it's just for fun, man. Relax, everybody. It, it's a game of horse. Yeah. Did you want to see like some crazy trick shots? Yo, man. Half these guys like are outside. Some are inside. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, it looked grainy video. But guess what? They're on iPads and on cell phones. Like, they're doing the best they can to give us entertainment. So my hat goes off to the NBA and ESPN for even trying. Because they could have just played another replay, like you said. And, I'm, and, why, and people, why are you being like that? That's all I have to ask is why. What, what, what business does that serve? All you had to do was just not watch it. But, like, when every complaint that you have, there's a reason for why they did it that way. And there's no other, you could not have suggested that they do it any different because there was no alternative thing for them to do. You want them to send these high quality cameras out to these players' homes? This was something that, just like, I mean, hell, I mean, we're working from a laptop screen when yeah. we're home and stuff. 
trust me. I, I thought it was cool. I thought that it, the way that it looked, it kind of spoke to, uh, it, it spoke to what we're going through on a day-to-day basis. You know, we're, we're, we're working from home or we're stuck at home. Trust me, I had no issue with it. Like I said, if sports were going live right now and they tried sprinkling that in, I'd be like, what in the world was that? But because considering the circumstances, I thought they did a good job with it. I had no issue with it. Man, I like a lot of the looking at the NBA players' homes, man. I mean, you look at Zach Levine's uh, parents' house. I mean, I know Zach Levine's dad played in uh, Major League Baseball, but, man, he had a batting cage. He had a nice little court. He had a pool. Like, he had it all. And then you look at Paul Pierce. He had the pool. He had the half court. You yeah, look if you want to be mad at that, be mad at that. <laughs> you look how much land um, Chauncey Billups owns. It's like, man. If that don't make you want to work on your hoop game, I don't know what does. Yeah, I, I was kind of laughing, though, because, I mean, who was it? Paul Pierce? <laughs> in a bowling alley in there? Uh, yeah, Paul Pierce got a uh, two-lane bowling alley in his house. I can't stand Paul Pierce. Not because of that. I what? just can't stand. I, I, I love P-Double. Oh, why? P-Double's the man. No, he's he's always crying about LeBron. He's always trying to poo-poo on all LeBron's accomplishments. Paul Pierce, as, look, he ain't nothing. He's nothing compared what? to LeBron. He's nothing compared to LeBron. What about that 48 he put up on LeBron in game six? What about it? I mean, that 48. Good for him. He caught fire. <laughs> I had 22 in a game one time. What does that mean? They don't mean P anything. Double, P double, a Hall of Famer. P double. Uh, Everyone in basketball gets in the P Hall of Fame. P double is also, also a finals MVP. Cool. Everybody ain't got one of those. I hate Paul Pierce. It's fine. I don't mind. I I, I don't like Paul Pierce. Kevin Garnett, he was the man. I yeah, don't thanks. Like Paul I love Pierce. KG. Antoine Walker, also the man. The shimmy. Ugh. The shimmy. I love the shimmy. Player number eight. Ugh. Nah. I loved Paul. Or I loved. Uh, yeah, there you go. I loved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I loved Antoine. He was a. He's not that good with money though. Oh. Do you see to, that? Trying to keep up with MJ. Who? That's what he was trying to do. Uh, gambling. Trying to keep up with Michael Jordan. That's how he lost a lot so of not money. Not only did MJ like physically <laughs> hurt people on the floor, he physically hurt them like in their pocketbooks. <laughs> hey, man. Was that the documentary? I didn't watch that documentary. Uh, it was in the um, 30 for 30. Yeah, that one where he talked about Broke. that. Yeah, he talked about it a little bit. Like He didn't blame it on Jordan, but he's like, you know, when you come up in that era with Michael Jordan, you, you're cool with Michael Jordan, you're from Chicago, you want to be like Michael Jordan, so you kind of like gamble like more Michael Jordan, but then you realize you don't have as much money to lose as Michael Jordan does. Yeah, no kidding. By the way, did, did Chris Paul participate last night? <laughs> he got smoked. Who? Chris Paul. But who did he go up against? Oh, uh, the WNBA player. I'm sorry, I forget her name. The only player from the WNBA that I remember was Tamika Catchings. Catchings. And uh, I'll Google her name. But, uh, yeah, she, she sprayed him. That's hilarious. Good for her. Um, Zach Levine. My guy. Yep. Not My Adam guy. Levine. Eliminates Paul Pierce. Yeah. See? That's how you know you're a bum when you let Zach Levine knock you out. <laughs> well, Zach Levine was cheating. <laughs> Zach Levine was basically dunking without dunking. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, he was, was like going end. like... Elbow by the rim, lay it up, but don't. But the ball can't touch the rim, and we all know Paul Pierce can't even grab the rim. No, he's a lot of weight <laughs> bringing him back down. Yeah, see, hold up, I'm watching it right now. I see Facebook, you do that stupid thing where the ad starts right as the up, right as he goes up for the shot. They do the ad because they want it. Nope, I'm not giving you my my money. Nope, moving on. All right, so Justin Kinner show live here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Is that red thing still there, by the way? Yes. Yeah, we'll just give you time. It's gonna be the other mouse. 
Uh, oh, no, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good? Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. All right, it's the Justin Kinner Show live here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Keith Byers is going to join us coming up at the top of the hour, 4 o'clock. Uh, I'm curious his thoughts on, okay, we're talking about college football and the possibility of uh, having games in empty stadiums. Gene Smith comes out last week and says, hey, you know what? How come, uh, you know, why is it too dangerous for fans to gather in the stands, but it's not dangerous enough for our players to meet on the field? Uh, with that being said, that led me to thinking, man, there's a good possibility that, for one, you're going to have big-time ADs like him trying to put an end to the season completely or the powers that be are going to say no we're having a season we're just not playing in front of fans Keith Byers who kind of knows a thing or two about playing at that stadium we're going to talk with him coming up about what it would be like for him playing in a game we got we have Michigan this year at the shoe can you imagine that game and with no fans we'll talk about that with Byers at four o'clock but when we come back uh, we'll jump on board with this what was being talked about on ESPN's first take earlier today the 90s Bulls the 90s Bulls uh, that you know Michael Jordan's Bulls uh, that documentary coming out on um, Sunday and of course right now and it, I, I agree Skip Bayless made a great point the other day Kev he said this is why and it was either Skip Bayless or Colin I can't remember one of the two they said that the reason that the NBA season needs to continue this year is because LeBron James is just going to be sitting at home stewing because already, trying. I mean, he's not competing with any other great player in the NBA right now. He's competing with Michael Jordan. He's trying to pass Michael Jordan or get up to, you know, he's chasing Michael Jordan. So this documentary, all it's going to do is start bringing up those conversations again. The MJ's the best, MJ's the best. He's going to have to sit there and stew in it. And that's true. That's going to happen. He needs this season to get back out on the floor. To, this is about as good a chance as any for him to win a championship. Mm-hmm. The first time in a while, so it's going to be interesting. But we're going to get into that 90s Bulls team. Was that the best dynasty ever? Uh, we'll chat on that for a few minutes. When we come back, don't go anywhere. Right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. Dayton Flyers tight end Adam Troutman will be joining us coming up at 5.30 at hour 3. Excited to talk with him about what he's doing now to prepare himself for the upcoming NFL draft. And as we know, these are uncertain times. There's everything in our day-to-day lives. Well, nothing's normal right now. The way we work, uh, the way you know our kids are being educated, everything is just different uh, for everybody, including talent like Adam Troutman who's trying to prepare for the NFL draft. So make sure you go and enter the local business keyword, Roosters, for your chance to win $1,000 every hour from 6 a.m. until 11 p.m. We come on the air and we give you a keyword that you enter at wingam.com. You can enter 18 times a day. The more you're listening, the more keywords you acquire throughout the day, the more times you enter it at wingam.com, the better your chances of coming away with $1,000 are. So make sure you take advantage of that. All right. Also, another contest that we have running right now, Ryan Roth, by the way. Congratulations to Ryan Roth. He is the winner of the first Justin Kinner Show fan segment uh, contest that we're doing. He will be on the show on Wednesday. He will co-host a segment with me, a 20-minute segment that he will co-host. He's in complete control of the topic. Um, you're going to start to hear his name in promos. I will begin airing tomorrow. You'll see his picture on the website and everything. So, again, if you want that co-host treatment, if you want to be a sports radio host, go to wingam.com while you're registering to win a thousand dollars you can also register for the justin kinner show fan segment every monday we pick a winner every wednesday the winner will get to co-host a segment of the show with us here on 1410 espn radio so check that out if you would again one more time the website wingam.com the keyword here is roosters excuse me so make sure you go and enter that here right now uh, four five seven nine four six four. That's the number to call in and join in on the conversation. Twitter is at fourteen ten Kenner K I N N E R. All right. So the nineties Bulls documentary coming out this weekend, and I I, t- I can't tell you how much I'm excited for that. There was a ninety. There was a Michael Jordan DVD series that mm-hmm. came out 
And I remember I was a junior in high school, and like I got this portable DVD player. Okay, and on the way to away games, I just remember I would always bring in my ba- in my bag. It was had my jersey and everything, and I would always sneak my DVD player into the bag, and and I would always have that three set documentary series or whatever it was. It just it wasn't even a documentary series. It was just Michael Jordan's greatest games, and I would watch that just religiously, no matter what, no matter what I was doing. I could still picture the little DVD player. I would just have it on in my room, even if I wasn't paying attention to. It, I just had it on. I, lo- I mean, Michael Jordan was. The GOAT, man. Now I didn't get to grow up watching Michael Jordan. So uh, you never saw Michael Jordan play live? No, not live. Uh, with the Wizards. And I, I mean, jo- like... As and a- I joke that doesn't count. Michael Jordan with the Wizards doesn't count. Oh, it counts. What do you it mean counts. live? Like in person? No, not in person. What I'm saying, like a real game outside of... Uh, yeah, like... Classic ESPN games and I mean, I was like born that. in 89. I was a little kid when those games were on. I mean, I remember them, but I wasn't watching them, watching them. Okay. And I mean, that was just... I mean, I, I knew what was on the tube. I knew what was going on. But I didn't, you know... I didn't know as a kid Michael so Jordan. The only was just, Michael Jordan you remember actually seeing was with the Wizards. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I don't care what anyone says. That was still even like it's kind of like in wrestling when you get to watch Hulk Hogan. It's not the Hulk Hogan of old, but when you get the chance to see Hulk Hogan, it's Hulk Hogan. That was Michael Jordan, man. So even with the Wizards, I remember because we saw VHS tapes then. And I, I tell you what, when I go through, I have like a big in my attic, a ton of stuff from growing up, and I have tapes of me. Of my high school games, of course, still VHS tapes. That, but I also still have VHS tapes that I would set the recording for when the when the Wizards were playing. I still have the game against the 76ers, his last game ever. By the way, those games, that's not Michael Jordan. I completely get it. But Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan. I don't care what anybody says. Watching him, you know, when he would have those on nights with the Wizards, it yeah. was nothing like it. Like, I mean, there was something like it, like what he did it with the Bulls. But you see what I'm saying. It was just so cool. It was just the... I, I don't know. The nostalgia, the nostalgic of him playing with the Wizards was pretty cool. Um, but with that being said, a lot of conversation now about those 90s Bulls teams and was that the best dynasty ever. And I'm not doing this to take the opposite opinion of anybody, but here's why I have a hard time with anyone using basketball teams as the greatest dynasties ever. There's a dynasty every decade in the NBA. There's rarely... You had the last NFL dynasty outside of the Patriots was the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s. There's only been one team to be able to do what the New England Patriots have done the last 20 years, and that's New England. So you look at the 90s and what the Bulls did. They handed it right off to the Lakers. And by the way, it's the only sport that I could think of where there was two dynasties going on at the same time. The Spurs dynasty and the Lakers dynasty overlapped. Because if the Lakers won in the NBA Finals, and I'm talking about Kobe, Shaq, Lakers, even all the way through the 2010, that from 2000 to 2010, you had seven finals appearances by the Lakers. That doesn't make sense because there was four for the Spurs. Oh, we're talking about the 90s, though. So the mm-hmm. Spurs started in 99. Spurs, yeah, 99. So, but, but that's my point. So that, And then after the 2010s, what happened? You had the Miami Heat. All right, and then it went right into the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then oh, and more overlapping because it was. Then you had the Golden State Warriors. In fact, you had the wait, same wait, wait, straight wait, wait. finals matchup for five straight freaking years, man. Like Cavs, I'm not. A- the Cavs are not a dynasty. Well, fair enough. No, 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 fair <laughs> enough. But my point is, is that it's very easy to create these dynasty teams. You get the best player in the league, and you just basically ride the coattails of that. My thing is, is what Michael Jordan and the Bulls did in the 90s, it wasn't something that's never been done before, and it's things that we've seen three or four times since then. So I'm not, not I shouldn't say I'm not impressed. My point is, is that to say it's the best dynasty ever, I can't, I do not agree with that whatsoever. There, there's never been multiple three-peats. Multiple three. Oh, geez, give me a break. It, okay, yes, they multiple three-peats. I get that, but like, in the finals every single year, winning all the, we see teams dominate in the NBA for five, six-year stretches all the time. 
Yeah, but I just gave you a point. And had he not retired and done seven, now it's a completely different conversation. The Lakers made it to seven finals from 2000 to 2010, as we mentioned. But even then, I find that more impressive because Kobe Bryant did it with two different kinds of rosters. MJ did it with the same roster for six times. Not technically. Technically. The only person that was still <laughs> technically. The only person that was on both teams all the way through was Scottie Pippen. That's the, that, but that's that's the team. That's the core. Yeah, it is the best that's one like, guy. Stop. That's like if Shaq and Kobe, the rosters changed a little bit over those years. You can't say, oh, it's a different team every year. No, but it's the main, it's the same team. It's the same core. Same core. It's the same core. No, that's, that's, there's the five starting people on the, oh, the starting lineup. But there's only two that matter, and that was Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> and, and Kobe Bryant. No. Oh, yeah. Well, Derek Fisher? Yeah. Derek Robert Ory? Derek Fisher hit a shot to beat the Spurs. Oh, no, he hit a shot, guy. huh? He hit a with, shot? With wow. Point, with point four on the clock. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. We see role players hit game-winning shots Big all the Bob. time. Big shot Bob. Uh-huh. Steve Kerr did it for the Bulls, yeah? yeah. Oh, man. These players are key ingredients to helping the team win a championship. Yeah, you got to have the stars, but role players are just as important. I'm going to say that the Bulls dynasty is the best of all time because they did do something no one's ever done before. What do you mean? Two three-peats. Oh, geez. Give me a break. Two three-peats, man. But the, no same, one's but ever the same core. I'm, not, I'm over the same core. I'm over the same core. Without, doesn't that define the dynasty? But, like, in the, in the Golden State Warriors, if that roster were to stay together... If, they would keep doing the same thing. If. What do you mean if? If. If. If we had a fifth, we all be drunk. That's the thing. And that is the thing. In <laughs> fact, you know, and by the way, with that being said, like what Shaqu- or what Kobe Bryant did, okay, he won those first three peats with Shaquille O'Neal, and then mm-hmm. for him to get to three straight finals and winning two of them by himself with his second best player. By, Michael Jordan ate winning championships with the second best player being Pau Gasol. Why don't you like Paul Gasol? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know I, what it we've is. We've had this conversation before. You have a theme. Even if Lamar Odom is the second best player, <laughs> Paul Gasol is a crack. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Gasol is a better basketball player than Lamar Odom. Okay, but uh, those years, though, man, Lamar was pretty good. Yeah, but not like Scottie Pippen good. Well, he was basically he was, he was like, playing the Scottie Pippen role. But that, that's fine. You could play roles all you want, but you, it doesn't mean that you're that you are who they are. My thing about this documentary is going to do one of two things. It's going to one, it's going to make people like me, who are Michael Jordan fanatics, go completely crazy <laughs> and say, "I told you so." Look at that! I told you. Then it's going to be it's going to sway a couple people that say LeBron is better. They're going to nope. Be like, they're going to be like, yeah, you, you 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 might be right. But then some people are going to double down on the LeBron thing. They're going to say, look at who he's playing against. Them dudes wasn't nothing. So Everybody you are aware of that, that, right? You yeah, do? Of okay, course, okay, okay, okay. Of course okay. that's what people are. People are going to double down. Everybody's going to double down. The the Jordan fans are going to double down. The LeBron fans are going to double down. Like The whole thing about people saying, like, oh, man, people is people going to finally see how great Jordan was. Man, pe- people have been hearing how... Michael Jordan was great for so long. The younger generation just don't care. All they want is the shoes. You know, they just like, man, no, nah, it's, it's about Steph. It's about Katie. It's about LeBron. They don't really care. They're going to watch just to see what the hype is about. And then already in their mind, they haven't made up that, eh, whatever. But no, I'm here to tell you. From a person that's been watching NBA Finals since 1988 is the first time I watched the NBA Finals. Perks to having a brother that's six years older than you. I watched the Lakers beat the Pistons. Then the following year, I watched the Pistons sweep 
the Lakers and then watch the Detroit Pistons beat the Portland Trail Blazers and then get swept by Michael Jordan and watch the whole Jordan situation, win three, retire, come back, win three, retire, get fat, and again go play for the Wizards. I've seen the whole I don't know about that. Gamut. Or it's called, hey, you know, that's what you get for having the second best player being Popeye Jones on your <laughs> roster. That's what you get. I was that's called, oh, Michael Jordan. I mean, LeBron James, actually, to be honest, LeBron James probably would have taken that Wizards team to the finals. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there right now. Just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Okay. At, at, how old was Jordan then? Probably about 38, 38, 40 almost. LeBron James is going to make him. No. Well, how old is LeBron right now, by LeBron the way? LeBron is 35. So 35. Yeah. LeBron is going to. So you think he's three years away from looking like that? No. He's going to be way better than that. Yeah. He's going to be looking. That's great. what happens when you're the best. No. That's what, hap- <laughs> that's what happens when you retire and you get swindled into coming out of retirement with uh, the opportunity. All right. We're, we're just going to give you a franchise, MJ, if you come out of retirement. Or that's what happens when you don't have Scottie Pippen. No. And Phil Jackson. Or that's what happens. Instead, when you had Doug Collins, who you got rid of the first time in Chicago because he wasn't good enough to get Phil Jackson. <laughs> so you proved twice you couldn't win with Phil Collins. Or Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Collins. Did I say Phil the first time? Did I say Phil the first time? I don't know. Holy hell, I'm combining coaches. <laughs> Definitely wasn't Phil Collins, folks. That's All right, we'll get back into that. By the way. <clears throat> Because Keith Byers is going to join us coming up here in five minutes. I he would tell you how good Michael Jordan was. Oh, I know. That's why I avoid <laughs> the conversation with him. Because he, like, I can go at you. I, I can't go at him. When he when he has a take, I'm like, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. Yes, you, yeah. Yep. Uh, today he did on his show the top five quarterbacks ever. He mm-hmm. left Peyton Manning off and Tom Brady off. Whoa. I disagreed with him. But I told him I agreed with him when he was in here. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave him my list. I had Tom Brady on mine. He didn't have Tom Brady? No, to be fair, hold up. Time out, Keith, if you're listening. Don't squash me. He did say, to be fair, active players were not included on this. But there's only only one player that's active that you could include as an all-time great, at least in your top five. I ain't putting Aaron Rodgers there. And you better keep Big Ben's fat ass out of this conversation. I'm just saying. (laughs) Big Ben's definitely not top five. But I'm a Buckeye fanatic. But let's keep it real. Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time. I don't know why when I look at Tom Brady, I don't think of Michigan. I do. Really? I do, unfortunately. I remember when they beat Alabama in the Orange Bowl. That was his final game, too, wasn't yep. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, so, I throw this out there. Be thinking about this. We'll get this hour, too. Every week, we like to do, uh, you got to sign one, trade one, cut one. So, you got to sign a play. I'm going to give you three players. You got to sign one of these players. You got to trade one of these players. You got to cut one of these players. You got Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson. You got to sign one, trade one, cut one. Keith Byers is going to give us his on the other side. Plus, we're going to discuss with him what would he, what, how would he feel as a player? Like, if, let's say Keith Byers was a, an active player on this year's roster, and he was told by Ryan Day that you know what, hey guys, we're going to have a season, but I'm just letting you know we're not going to be playing in front of fans. Would Keith Byers? And by the way, is the Reds thing on there? No, no, you the man. Thank would you. Keith Byers agree? to play in a season that there would be no fans at games. We'll discuss with the Hall of Famer next. Don't go anywhere. This is this is the Frost family. They live on a piece of land they call Greener Pasture, and they work on it behind the wheel of a John Deere 1 Series tractor. With its durable construction and features that hook up to dozens of attachments with ease, no job is too tough. The Frost family runs with us because this is more than just land. It's home. 
Nothing runs like a deer. Get a one series tractor for just $99 per month at your John Deere dealer today. For additional cost information, please call toll free 855 633 2315. It's time for some straight talk. You know what a full court press is in basketball, right? Full defensive coverage with no holes. Well, that's the kind of coverage you get with Straight Talk Wireless. It runs on America's best 4G LTE networks, same as the big carriers, but just for a lot less. Just 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G, saving you up to half the cost of the big carriers. No contract. Full court coverage, half the cost. Straight Talk Wireless, everything for less. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. It's live here on ESPN Dayton. The Justin Kinner Show live here on Dayton's ESPN radio station. And with us now, former Buckeye NFL Pro Bowl running back Keith Byers, now College Football Hall of Famer Keith Byers, hanging out with us. Keith Byers Show, Mondays from noon to 1, presented by Lee's Famous Recipe Chicken. You can catch Keith every Monday, hanging out and spending some time with us today. Keith, how are you? Welcome. Doing good. Thanks for having me on the show today. So, it's at last Friday, uh, Gene Smith had come out, and he was very vocal about some of the ideas being pitched about how we could potentially have football this coming up fall. And, and a lot of people are getting angry, saying, why are we talking about football in the fall? It's only April. You know, there's so much time. A lot can happen between now and then. People are getting upset and frustrated that we're talking about these scenarios. But, hey, I applaud the NCAA for trying to get ahead of this and have a plan B if plan A being, of course, playing in front of fans and, you know, the status quo of playing every Saturday. Of course, that's what they would prefer. With that being said, Gene Smith had some comments regarding the season uh, coming up. He says that, well, if we're going to have games without fans, the fans won't be in attendance because of the dangers of the coronavirus. So why would those same dangers not exist for the players? You being a former player, what's your mindset on this? Do you agree with it? I mean, it sounds like he could be on the side of, hey, either fans are there or there's no football. How do you feel about that? I, I got to agree. I, I have to agree with him. Uh, the pomp and circumstance of college football is a part of all the pomp and pageantry that goes along with it. You know, you want to see the house. You go to Ohio State, the band is a part of it. You know, you want to score a touchdown and you want to hear, you know, uh, uh, Buckeye battle cry. Hang on, Snoopy. That's all a part of the college experience. That's part of, you know, being a college player and the fans. You know, you want to play in front of your home fans. You want to go on the road and make this that, that home team, you know, the road fans, you know, uh, unhappy. You going into hostile territory and getting W's. You know, otherwise it'll just be practice. It'll be like practice. Nobody's at practice. You know, so um, I, I would say it's either all in or all out. And I agree with Gene Smith. If it's not safe for the fans, it's not safe for the players to be out there playing. As bad as I'm 18, 19, 20 years old, want to play college football, my safety is way more important than these four years at a university and putting myself on the line in a known dangerous situation like what we are experiencing right now. So as a player, yes, I want to play, but I want my safety first and foremost. First and foremost. Being that what it is, let's say that there is a season this coming up year and it is being held in an empty shoe, which I can't imagine. I mean, even a spring game, half the shoe is full. Uh, I mean, there's close to 60,000 fans, 70,000 fans for a spring game. Maybe I'm giving a little extra, but you see my point. Well, no, you're, 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 you're spot on. <laughs> so with that being said, I can't imagine what it would be like to watch Ohio State against Penn State, against Michigan. The, the, you know, that team up north, they're coming to the shoe this year. Can you imagine that team up north in Ohio State? 
kicking off in an empty shoe. It's the biggest rivalry in all of sports. All of sports. Uh, with that being said, if there is football this fall and it is uh, going to be mandated that, hey, there's no fans allowed at the stadium, you're a college football player. You're being told that, hey, we're going to move forward but not playing in front of fans. College football, college athletic, uh, college eligibility is special. Uh, I mean, when you're talking about athletes, I mean, you're either going to play three years and go pro, or f- four years and every it's only four. You want to cherish every memory possible yeah. in those four years. And if you're a great player, it's only three. It's only three. So <laughs> if they're telling you you're going to play in an empty stadium, Keith, do you say, you know what? I'm going to just sit this year out to have an extra year of eligibility. I only have four years here. I want every year to be special. I don't want one of my years to be used in it, you know, playing games in an empty stadium. It's not the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. I, I wouldn't want to, but if they say I got to play, I got to play. And you would play? You and would, I would, I would play. play. I just wouldn't like it. But, hey, you know, not, that's, I'm here to do a job. <laughs> Go to school and, and play football. So, I mean, you're kind of doing it right now anyway. You know, when you go to some of the uh, stadiums that's not Ohio Stadium, you don't know how many people are going to show up on the road. So you're going to say, man, if this stadium is not half full, I ain't playing. There ain't enough people. No, you're going to play no matter what because the competitor in you want to beat those other uh, 11 guys on, other, on the other side of the line of scrimmage. But it's not ideal. So I think that uh, one of the mistakes that the uh, NCAA is making is we're talking about your plans. If you're having an in-closed-door meeting, keep all your plans inside. So if you have one voice coming out saying, right now we plan on playing the schedule as is, we'll address it the closer we get to it. It's April. The season doesn't open up to the last week of August. So you don't. there's no rush to have to answer questions. So we don't know. So that is the answer. We don't know. So you have contingency plans. Keep those to yourself. The earliest you would have to release a contingency plan, I would think it would be early August, late, you know, uh, late July. But keep that in-house. You don't need to be talking about it now in April. That's when you have your, your meetings, talk about it, and, hey, we'll see. Right now, you don't have to be getting into the what-if game, and that's where they are right now. The what-if game stays in-house. You shouldn't let that conversation get outside of the house. Yeah, I'm 30 years old. I never once would have thought in any amount of years that I would see the NCAA tournament get canceled as far as college basketball is concerned. So for those out there that are saying, oh, there's no shot that college football would be canceled, I would like to agree with you. If there's anything in the world that I'd like to be wrong on, it's this one. Yes. Um, but I was proven that, hey, I thought there was no way. I thought they would have done whatever they could to get that NCAA tournament in one way or another. It could have been in someone's backyard. If they had to do what they were going to and they pulled the plug on it. If that could be canceled, anything could be canceled moving forward, and I think that's what people need to keep in mind. But let's say the NCAA comes out and says, hey, we are moving forward. What do they do if a big-time athletic director like Gene Smith or Alabama or Clemson or one of those... You see what Oklahoma out. State coaches already talking yeah. about getting started May 1st. But he no wants to what. get started. But what if these come out... or What if some ADs come out and are opposed to putting their athletes in harm's way and say, we're not going to do that to our student-athletes even if the NCAA says we're moving forward. I think you have to... You, I would If I'm Ohio State, Alabama, Texas, USC, team up north, you've got to be united in this one thing is like player safety first because when you go in these kids' living room, talk to their mothers and fathers and talk about, I'm going to take care of your son, his daughter, put them in a safe environment, and then you don't do that? You know, how much more of a hostile environment can you put your child in? You're saying no fans, but we wanted you guys to social gather together and, and play a football game. 
Yeah, right now the numbers are saying number like ten or less. You can, a football player, football game has got twenty-two players on the field, not including the referees. That's another tw- you know, <laughs> what, twenty-seven, twenty-eight guys on the field. People on the field. Come on. What about locker rooms? If it's the whole game at Ohio State, you got almost 100 people in the locker room. Visiting teams travel with over 60-plus, not including the, the uh, administrative staff and the coaching staff. Airplanes, come on. It's either we're either all safe or we're all out. It's either all in or all out. There, There is no gray line, you know, for, for football. Yeah, I don't even think it's not even for basketball. Tennis... Yes, you can tennis. Those sports can go on. Tennis can go on. Uh, wrestling. I mean, so uh, there's very few, you know, times. You know, I'm tennis. There are two people that's playing a match and a referee. And the coaches are on the sideline. But any sport, and that's not a revenue generating. That's not a money revenue, you know, generating sport. You know, so I, I think it's a little premature to have the conversation. Yes, you can talk about it, but it's just conversation. It's not action. But I don't think there's no action will end in we're going to play in empty stadiums. No. Either you're going to play and have a stadium full of how many people you can get in there, or rather you don't play. And I would, it would hurt me to my heart not to see the Buckeyes play this fall. But, guys, life is way more important than sports. And... Because uh, if college football is not playing, you know the NFL is not playing. It would be a domino effect similar to what we had this year. They postponed the Olympics. <laughs> four years in the planning. Well, more than four years if you're the whole city. And then, you know, nobody's in a hurry to go to Tokyo. <laughs> but we'll see if, if a, a year makes a difference, and we truly believe it will. And hopefully, you know, our scientists and doctors are working every day. You know, to find, you know, a vaccination and a cure for what we're dealing with. Because, like I said, it's not like flipping a switch. You know, okay, we all we had the all clear sign. Let's go back to business as normal. I don't think we have to come up with a new definition of what is normal. All right, it's the Justin Kinner Show live here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Keith Byers with us here. Uh, you know, and right now you look what Major League Baseball is doing. I mean, they're trying to do like almost like a season-long spring training where they'll have the Cactus League where all the divisions are going to be shaken up um, <laughs> and all those teams, they would play at their typical spring training sites and they would almost be living in a bubble. Keith, I mean, uh, imagine, and those athletes would have to be kept away from their families for potentially four and a half months. Imagine if you were, you know, back to your NFL playing days, if the NFL came to you and said, hey, Keith, because of what's going on, uh, you're going to have to leave your family and you're going to have to go move to this city because we're only playing in these two cities. You can't see your family for four and a half months. Do you say, screw it, I'm not playing this year? Or do you, hey, you gotta make, you got to make money, you got to go play. What do you do? They're putting these athletes in bad situations where Very they look bad. like they're not team players. It's not fair to to treat them like they're being locked away in prison for four and a half months. So it's a very strange. Yeah, but if you uh, how what about is it going to be empty stadiums in this? Empty stadiums as well. Yeah. Okay, and then how do you you going to how are you going to be in a locker room? How many people make a major league roster? Twenty five players, and coaching staff, and trainers. That that's more than ten. So they would all be living in those spring training facilities. They could not leave. Uh, they they talked about Mike Trout. His wife is due in August. So if he leaves to go be, you know, see the, you know, his his newborn baby, 
he has to come back in to be quarantined for two. He has to be quarantined for two weeks before he's able to play again after. No, it's just a horrible idea to jump through. Too many. It, it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. I, I, I mean, you got. I guess you, your baseball, you are social distance. <laughs> you got nine yeah. people on the field. They're not gathered up. But how many people are in a dugout? Now you're going to separate the dugout. You going to tell people to go sit in the stands instead of the dugout? You could. But if we get, come on now, let's just stop it, you know. But what's more important, your health or the money? And that's what they're going to have to ask. And there's going to be some players that say, I have enough money. I'm not going to be away from my family for four and a half months. I just hope fans don't vilify those guys that are doing what we probably wouldn't do in our lives either. No. Say, I'm going to be separated from my family no. for that no. So, no. All right, Len, last thing here is we let you go, Keith. To real quick, we'll wrap it up with this. If there is no college football, we could have... We may never see Justin Fields play again. <laughs> this would be his last year, most likely, as he would be draft eligible next year. If you're Clemson, you might have seen the last of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, there's a lot of those scenarios out there that you might be bidding farewell to these athletes because keep in mind, the NCAA might tell these guys, hey, you're going to get that extra year of eligibility, blah, blah, blah. But they're not going to, I mean, it's three years out of high school and then you're in the NFL. I don't, and there's no, nothing wrong with them saying, I'm not going to come back another year. That is a really, really, really good question. Because if that happens, that means, no, that's a that's a big domino. That means there's no NFL. We're going to have a draft in a couple of weeks. So Joe Burrow won't get a, uh, he won't, he'll still be a rookie. You know, they're not, the NFL's not going to credit, give you a credit season and you didn't play. Not your fault, but nobody played. So they're four-year rookie. I mean, those four years are important. You have four years to win a Super Bowl where your quarterback is not a max played yeah. out player. You know, but no, no. We, so, wow, that's a that's a big question. Because look what baseball did this year. Like Trevor Bauer for the Reds. This is his last year on the deal. Everyone thought that hey, you know, they went all in. They put a roster together. That they could make the playoffs potentially go on a you know playoff run. But you know what would counts. happen? They were going to lose them. You'll see a ton of trades because we're going to have a draft in a couple of weeks. They, they, we just all forethought. There's no NFL season, you know. So you, you, you drafted seven rounds and signed free agents. Mm-hmm. Now we're at this time next year without a college football season, without a professional football season. You're going to see trades, you know, Cincinnati. Let's just assume they draft Joe Burrows. Did they really want Joe Burrows, or did they want Trevor Lawrence, or did they want Justin Fields? And what a difference a year makes. You know, yes, you drafted this guy, you know, but y'all probably just don't mesh. And you figure, I can get another guy better. What if you're that fourth-round pick? (laughs) And then you got a whole other year of the next wave of guys coming out, you know, so really what you'll be doing is taking your scouting reports from the 2019 season, and then you'll be doing two years of draft classes. You know, where does J.K. Dobbins fit in and as a running back compared to the running backs coming out that's coming behind him? So it'll be a mess, a hot mess. And like I said, I, I foresee a lot of trades going on and a lot of people missing on players they thought was really good and players are getting cut that are better you know just you know imagine if you were a free agent and you sign with a team they cut you because they got nothing invested in you and they're going to draft another player 
So it would it would it would pose a lot of problems to a lot of coaches and a lot of organizations because now you got two years of draft picks and free agents and all coming out at once. Guys. And you got to pay them for no service. So it'll be. Whew, there's nobody getting hurt either. <laughs> nope, everyone's gonna get their money in some so, capacity. Wow. But all right, Keith, real quick before we let you before we let you go. All right, Keith, last thing here before we let you go. Uh, we do sign one, trade one, cut one. And uh, you and I were talking earlier. I threw this out on Twitter earlier today. Every day we release a new sign one, trade one, cut one. You have Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, uh, and Russell Wilson. You have to sign one, trade one, and cut one. And everyone's like, oh, this is different. It's supposed to be. They're all really accomplished quarterbacks, and some are just infants within their, their NFL career. Two or three of MVPs. So <laughs> but all three of these, the one thing they have in common is they all just had immediate success the second they stepped foot out on an NFL field, and that's what's been so fun about these guys already. You know, Lamar Jackson, two years in, uh, leads his team to the playoffs both years. The first year he takes over, Harbaugh, they were saying he wasn't coming back, that he was going to be fired and let go at the end of the year. They you know move on. They, they bring in Lamar Jackson. He takes to the playoffs, second year, takes him to the playoffs, back-to-back AFC North champs, gets him to the playoffs two straight years, oh yeah, and an MVP, Patrick Mahomes, an MVP, and a Super Bowl his first three years, uh, and we also know about, you know, Russell Wilson, been to two Super Bowls, he's won a Super Bowl, all three of these guys have that immediate success in the NFL from the time they've stepped foot out on the field, you got to sign one, you got to trade one, you got to cut one, what say you? Well... I'll do the hardest thing first. It's always hard cutting somebody because <laughs> you're ending their careers. And, uh, you know, said, but like Buddy Ryan used to tell people, you just can't play for me. I say you can't play in this league. <laughs> He's not going to be an eagle. So, um, Lamar Jackson, you can play in this league. You just can't play for me. I'm going to have to cut you. So that's the one I cut. I hate the trade, but I'm going to use this trade and hopefully, you know, get me a whole lot of draft picks <laughs> and, some, and some more good players and some more receivers to go with my quarterback. So, Pat Mahomes, I'm trading you. Wow. I'm trading Pat Mahomes and I'm signing Russell Wilson. Tough decision there. Both of them have won Super Bowls been, and they've been a vital point of the reason why your team did win the Super Bowl. But I'm giving a slight edge to Russell Wilson. He's been the most healthiest in his career over Pat Mahomes. He's only played three years, uh, but uh, he's been nicked a couple of times in his uh, first two, two or his three years of uh, playing. The first year he didn't really play a lot, but last year he got nicked a little bit, and this year, uh, yeah, he was nicked a little bit. So just very, I'm looking with a fine tooth comb, the differences between the two, and Russell's done it longer. You know, Russell's going up a year eight or nine, something like I that. Like he, I don't feel and like he's been around that long, but he has. Probably, yeah, and he's he's a proven commodity. And if I can finally get him some uh, raw receivers, you got to double. Because, <laughs> you know, if he ever got that, we don't know how great he's going to be. You know, Russell, I mean, uh, uh, Pat Mahomes has that. He's got speed. He's got tight ends. He's got everything that Russell doesn't have. But if I got to chew, I'm signing Russell Wilson. That kid's a winner. I've seen him uh, in college, seen him in a professional. I love Russell Wilson. Today, if you ask me that question today, that's my answer. So, recap, I'm signing Russell Wilson, I'm trading Pat Mahomes, and I'm sorry to say that to go <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Got to cut you. So you, cu- you traded away the Super Bowl MVP, uh, and you traded and you cut the, this year's MVP. The, yes, it's I It's a tough ship you run. That's I'm hard, ship, but yeah. I'm fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good stuff, Keith. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. And 1410 Wing AM Weather. 
Partly. Right here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM. All right, thank you to the College Football Hall of Famer, Keith Byers, former Buckeye, hanging out with us for just a little bit. Interesting uh, takes from him regarding how he would uh, respond as a player uh, in today's age again with all of the COVID-19 precautions being put in place and what uh, whatever kind of college football season we have this fall it as basically president drake said for ohio state uh, it will not be upcoming nfl draft i still think and you know when you think about what those one-on-one workouts can do for guys like and you look at how much the, the combine helped a guy like troutman i think that he could be impacted by not getting those one-on-one workouts and maybe they are being done in some fashion or another maybe there's some facetime workouts i'm not sure how that all is going down so we'll talk about that with troutman coming up here in hour three um with that being said and, and kev you'll jump in on this too you got to sign one you got to cut one or you got to sign one trade one cut one and you have patrick mahomes you have lamar jackson and you have russell wilson and uh buyer's take was the only one i've heard him get rid of this particular quarterback and you've you were all fired up because you said he stole your take stole my take man that was my hot take man because i saw you uh post that on twitter earlier and i was about to reply i was like you know what i'm gonna see let it do let us see Kenner today. I'm gonna I'm gonna break the internet with this. But yeah, I agree with Keith. Um, my reason is just a slight. We'll difference. give it real quick for those who. Oh do yeah. That. Um, my I would uh cut Lamar, I would trade Pat Mahomes, and I would start Russell MVP, Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Super Bowl champion. Yeah. No no use for him, huh? Oh yeah, I got a lot of use for him because I know <laughs> that I can get so many first round picks for Patty Mahomes right now. A lot. I could fill out my whole roster with as many first round picks I'm gonna get from Mahomes and then I can got a Super Bowl champion at quarterback, man. We good out here. Yeah, uh I am um, obviously signing Patrick Mahomes. And four five seven I like you how you think obviously, okay. Yeah, obviously, like you know, but four five seven nine four six four you gotta sign one, trade one, cut one, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Russell Wilson. How would you how would you spread out those three when you got to talk about signing one, trading one, and cutting one? So for me, uh, I'm signing Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, we're different on this. I am trading Lamar Jackson, and I am cutting Russell Wilson, which there's never an easy – I mean, like Keith Byers said, you got to get to the hard one first. You gotta, you're cutting a, a super talented, already a con- – that's the reason these three are so hard to distinguish between because, for one, the second that all three of these guys stepped foot out on the field, they made an immediate impact and were a part of you know, playoff success. Well, Lamar hasn't really got there yet, but – when you look at what he did two years ago, I remember that your Harbaugh, they were saying that he wasn't coming back at the end of the year, that this was going to be it, that the Harbaugh era in Baltimore was coming to an end, and you started talking about, oh, man, is, is, do you think they can get Billick to come back? I mean, what do you do? Like, you know, and those talks had started. And the next thing you know, you sit Flacco, and he get, Flacco gets hurt, and then you put in Lamar Jackson. And they go on that huge tear down the stretch. Everyone was talking about Sam Darnold. Everyone was talking about Baker Mayfield. Everyone was talking about Rosen and Allen and all those guys. No one was thinking about Lamar Jackson, the guy that was supposed to be a wide receiver coming into the year. Remember that? And the next thing you know, he just is on a tear and leads Baltimore back to the playoffs. And give Baltimore credit because they went, they went balls to the wall as far as just investing in him and putting pieces around him to help him have success the next year. And it worked. He wins an MVP. My point is, is... Look at where they were without him, and look at where they are with him. And you could say that about all of them, but the bottom line is is that when you look at the success that Seattle had early on in their careers, that was because of the defense. Mm-hmm. You look at the success of the, uh, the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, that's all Patrick Mahomes are. You look at the success of the Baltimore Ravens, that's all Lamar Jackson. For me, that's why, for one, Patrick Mahomes is just 
I mean, we haven't seen the talent like that just come into the league and just establish himself like this so early. That's why I'm sticking with him. Lamar Jackson, I'm going to trade him. I think that he has a ton of value as well. I mean, he's an MVP. And I, and I got this a lot. Oh, it ain't going to last. He's going to get hurt. And Patrick <laughs> Mahomes isn't. Right. And, 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 and you think that Russell Wilson can't get hurt? You think that Tom Brady can't get hurt? I mean, I don't care. The most in-pocket in quarterback in the league is going to get hurt. I don't care about the style of the quarterback. The one thing I will say, the league never figured out Michael Vick. They, and they have yet to figure out Lamar Jackson. I know that he's had two duds in the playoffs, but no team has been able to figure out how to stop the running quarterback. The only one that's been able to stop the running quarterback is the running quarterback because of injuries. But if he is the one that stays healthy and can deal with the I mean, maybe his career won't be that long, but if you can get six, seven years of this guy, oh, yeah, I'll stick with Lamar any day. But Patrick Mahomes still the guy. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar both basically have been starting two years. Mm -hmm. you know, Patrick Mahomes sat out. Basically, his entire rookie year. Patrick Mahomes has been hurt more than Lamar Jackson. And a good thing about Lamar Jackson, he gets out of bounds. He doesn't like Michael Vick. Like, Michael Vick didn't know how to slide. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson slides and gets out of bounds. You know, Lamar is so fast that he gets out of bounds before he even it hit. So, I hopefully these guys can stay healthy because you want to see the most talented guys out there on the field making plays. Um, I think a big thing that helps Mahomes out is the fact that he's with an uh, offensive genius like Andy Reid. You know, he's put in a great position, and they have a lot of weapons. You know, the uh, the way that they use Sammy Watkins, he wasn't being used like that when Sammy Watkins was with Buffalo. They're using Sammy Watkins almost how they use him at Clemson. They're not lining him up in the slot. They're lining Sammy out wide. Hey, Sammy, you, you run a 4-3. Just keep going long. <laughs> He'll not, find you. He'll find just, you. Just, like, they wanted Sammy to run all these, uh, you know, the the deep posts, the, the slants and the outs. No, Sammy, you fast. Just go deep. We'll clear out the safety. And then you got the cheetah running super fast. So I think the weapons around Mahomes help him out being alongside Andy Reid as well. You know, and the, the Russell Wilson thing, I mean, I just love the way he competes. I love the way that basically on third and five, he gets it. He always gets third and five. Like, I don't care how many times I've watched Seattle games. It just seems like third and five, he picks it up. If, it, if it's a, a scramble, if it's a throw to the tight end, third and five, I'm always putting my money on Russell. My problem with Russell is the same problem I have with Aaron Rodgers, and it's not really a problem with them individually. It's just the, the second that they accepted all that money. You put your team, and again, I, I hate wording it like that, like they did something wrong. But like, the second Aaron Rodgers accepted all that money, they haven't been that Packers team that, you know, beat Pittsburgh years ago. And th and that's why I always speak about, like, if there's, there's no NFL season this coming up year, that's a big deal. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals and you don't get that rookie year of Joe Burrow, now you have three years to win with Joe Burrow as opposed to four, that's a big deal to me. Um, and that's why these teams, I mean, look, that's why we're talking about Patrick Mahomes and the, and, the, and the Chiefs having success right away. He's different, though, and a little bit of an outlier because he was drafted and walked into a winning situation. Mm -hmm. um, Seattle turned into, I mean, they weren't expecting Patrick, they weren't even expecting him mm -hmm. to come be the savior. They, he was just a guy that, all right, well, let's see what he got, and then we'll kind of go, you, you know, go from there. But here's the deal. The second he got all their money, you can't put money in the offense anymore. And that's why you see this. All the money for the Packers' offense 
There is no money in the Packers' offense. They have to put a couple. They have to good, put good chunks of dollars in that offensive line to protect them. Give them below-average wide receivers and say, "Hey, we're going to protect you. Go do the best with what we give you. We got to put the rest of the money in the defense to protect you because you're not going to score that many points." And all the Pittsburgh, uh, Green Bay does score points, but again, they're, they they can't ever seem to get it done in the Super Bowl because they don't have that elite talent on the offensive side of the ball. Same thing with Seattle. You know, what was winning them those Super Bowls and getting them to the Super Bowls back-to-back years was the fact that they had that defense and they still had money to sprinkle in the off. They can't do that anymore. Not his fault, but that's just the way the NFL set up. The second your quarterback goes and gets that max dollar, you're done. That's for the Dallas Cowboys. Their best shot to win the Super Bowl was, well, they have one more year to do it, and this is the least talented roster that they've had since Dak Prescott has been there. Then they're in trouble because once they give him that dollar... They're not going to be in position to win one moving forward. Luckily, the Eagles, they won one with Carson Wentz. Technically, Nick Foles, but they won one early on. All the teams that are having success, except the Patriots, and who cares about them because they, <laughs> they do it their own way. The only team I could think of that had a quarterback that was, you know, MVP year was Matt Ryan. Yeah. Look at everyone else that's made the Super Bowl. I mean, it's, it's been strange te- teams that aren't really... I mean, look, the Saints can't seem to get back. They have all the talent in the world. You have the best probably quarterback-wide receiver combo in him and Michael Thomas, and yet they can't get back to the Super Bowl. So, very strange to me. You know what those quarterbacks are saying? They got paid? Not my problem. It is their problem. <laughs> no, it's because not. Because when we start talking about... that's why, But that's why his ass got cut. So. <laughs> it is his problem. Hey, man, these dudes got to get paid, man. These dudes deserve to get paid, and they should get paid that top dollar because, I mean, we always say it, the quarterback is the most important player on the field, so why shouldn't they be paid the most? You can get paid. I have no problem with you getting paid, but you better shut up when you're not winning. And I don't mean winning regular season games. I mean, when you have nothing left to show, like, uh, will Russell Wilson ever win another Super Bowl? Never say never, but right now... This is a pattern developing. The second that, that is you get up paid, to, that is up to the management to put the other players around him. Okay, but you want to wanna know the top, you want to know the the Patriot way. People keep trying to figure out what's the Patriot way. What's the Patriot? The Patriot way is the Tom Brady way, and that is never accepted that max dollar. All right, always took. Le- and I'm not advocating to do this, but that's the way that works. And if you don't do it that way, you can't sit over there with your hands in the air. Sure, you can. No, because then the teams you can't do it. You can't give a quarterback that much money and build Super Bowl teams. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. Look, no quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl being top five highest paid. You can't do it. So when a quarterback comes out and the system sets them up to look like the selfish ones, all right? All right, so when you come out and ask for that max dollar, you're basically looking at your teammates saying, listen, guys, I'm going to get my money, and history shows that when I get my money, we will not win a Super Bowl moving forward. But, hey, I'm a team player. I'm a captain. I'm a, you know, come follow me. They've set them up to look like the bad guys, but that's basically what you're saying. When you go get that max dollar, that's basically what you're telling your teammates. Any quarterback that don't take the max that they can get is a fool. This okay. is football. They're called winners. They, they, <laughs> their, their career could end on any play. Any Matter of fact, any football player that doesn't take the max amount of money they, they're eligible for that they can get, they're a fool. Their career could end at the drop of a dime, and that's it. So you they're going to so end rich and losers. Okay. Hey man, I'd rather be a winner at the bank than a winner, a Super Bowl winner. I'm not like I'm. I'm not judging quarterbacks. This is what makes Tom Brady so great. Is like he's been great for 20 plus years. Facts. And his teams are great 20 plus years. Like Russell Wilson, just they're okay Seahawks teams, and that's going to be the rest of his career. Aaron Rodgers, he's been on just okay Packers teams ever since he got paid. That's the rest of their career. So they shouldn't take the money. I, I'm, all I'm saying is <laughs> is. When they know, like Kobe Bryant, the last big contract that he took, 
Like, people were so pissed. How can you let this great player in Kobe Bryant, let him go down? And I'm the one of the biggest Kobe fans out there, by the way, not just because he passed away. Like, I didn't realize all these Kobe fans were out there until he passed. All I heard was people rip Kobe until, but that's a conversation for later. With that being said, you know, Kobe Bryant gets that big contract there at the end. Mm-hmm. All right, And we're talking about a team that we t- discussed earlier. The Lakers went to seven NBA championships from 2000 to 2010. Rather than the Lakers buying into the Shaquille, I mean, because Shaquille O'Neal almost got that same contract that Kobe did past 2010 when things started going yep. downhill. If they, they, the Lakers knew, hey, Shaq's worth every dollar, but if we give him that money, we can't keep Kobe, and we're going to have to get, you know, veteran minimum guys the rest of the way. They wouldn't have got to all those titles down the stretch. They saved that money. They spread it out. Kobe did not take the max dollar the first time he was able to get that contract, and then he took it the second time. So there's a reason that when everyone was ripping the Lakers, saying, how could you let a legend like that go out that way? All you can get it was Sasha Vujicic or whoever the hell they had on that <laughs> roster that year. Smush Parker. Smush Parker. That's because Kobe took the max deal. So the player, I don't feel bad for Kobe and those players like that. When you take that max dollar, fine. You did your thing. You did you. You got your dollar. But the second you get that, you got to know that success is not coming with that. Buckle up, because that's what's about to happen with LeBron. LeBron been taking haircuts uh, for so many years, taking mm-hmm. under, and that's why he got the max when he went to the Lakers. And he should get the max because he's the best player in basketball. He should, but again, then when the then when he doesn't win another championship later, he needs to shut up about chasing Michael's you know ghost. Because bottom line is, you want to go get that money? Fine. Do you, I'm not against players going to get money, but you can't have it both ways. You can't be the victim of you know oh I didn't have enough help, and you're the reason that you don't have enough help. But everybody ain't wired the same. Like everybody's not wired like a Tom Brady who married a supermodel who made who even if he was the highest paid quarterback would still make more money than him. Everybody's not wired like a Tim Duncan who who started this trend a long time ago taking less money so they could sign the Ginobili's and the Tony Parker. Ginobili! I love Ginobili. Cause sign those guys, you know, they look at the fact that, you know, they're the revenue generators. They're the reason why there's Thursday night basketball on TNT. They're the reason why ESPN shows NBA basketball games. It ain't. They're not showing it just because it's the Lakers. They're showing it because it's LeBron. They're showing it because it's Shaq and Kobe. When the last time you seen the Cavs on a primetime game? You haven't because LeBron ain't there. LeBron was the draw. He's okay. the reason why. So he should be reaping the benefits. He should be getting paid. And they get paid. They get paid pretty. I don't care. Bottom line is, get paid. I don't know what you're trying to argue. I'm telling you, go get paid. <laughs> but but you can no longer then argue. You like, And this is what players do. Oh, I didn't have enough help. I didn't have it. That's on you. That's on you for not having you. enough help. If you, have to re- yeah. if you have to rely on rookie wide receivers the rest of your career to help you, that's on you. That is on nobody else. Be- if you have to go rely on a team like no, Green Bay. On, no, it's on, it's on, it's on a team like Green Bay. To find the players, to no, find those players that can that can play. You, but if, if that's the case, then why hasn't no one ever because, been able to figure out to do because, it? There's not a perfect science to do oh, it. Because look how long Antonio Brown was the best raw receiver in the league. They didn't win a Super Bowl when Julio Jones. That's was why the Steelers the, are one of the more underachieving teams out there. They had the best running back and best wide receiver yeah. with one of the top ten quarterbacks. Yeah, in the league. and they didn't win it. That's on them. And Julio Jones was the top receiver in the league. They didn't win it. But they you got to a Super Bowl, you, you were competing. Though. You were winning your division and getting to you Super You don't Bowls. necessarily need the top-tier receivers to win the Super Bowl. But you do need a top-tier quarterback to win the Super Bowl. Mm, Nick Foles agrees. They had no top-tier wide receivers. 
They don't have no time. They don't have no top tier quarterback either. This is why Jerry Jones ain't giving his money to the Corona Party King. Oh my goodness. Them two dudes, man. Oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, and like Aaron Rodgers is going to complain because he doesn't have enough help when the Packers have to go knocking on the door of two years removed from the league, Des Bryant. That's a problem because you can't afford anyone else. So you got to go, well, remember that catch that wasn't? Yeah, we need you. <laughs> we need you to make that catch now that you're here. All right. Uh, now, see, then I know where we're going with this one. Um, and by the way, this was sad news that came out before we transition to the next part of the show. Carl Anthony Towns, uh, his mom... Um, just in the news just broke a little bit ago that she had passed from complications due to COVID-19, due to the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when that broke, what, that was about two weeks ago, um, when he had popped on Sports Center to kind of give a, an emotional message just to kind of say, hey, man, this is real. Uh, this has impacted him closer than what it will impact most people, but that's why he's trying to get people to realize the severity of this. His mom was a very healthy woman uh, who was at every single one of his games, who was, you know, was not someone that you would look at and say is the most vulnerable for this, but the age demographic definitely put her there. Bottom line is is uh, that that's that's horrible. I mean, absolutely horrible. But, yeah, that news just broke a little bit ago that Carl Anthony Towns, his mom, just passed away uh, from coronavirus complications. Man, very sad. Um, with that being said, we'll transition. Uh, coming up here in about 10 minutes, you'll also have another chance to win $1,000. It's a support local business. $1,000 a day keyword uh, giveaway that we're a uh, cash contest giveaway. We'll be giving that out here coming up in 10 minutes, as I mentioned. So speaking of going to get your money, a certain <laughs> player in the NFL just got his money. And he is now the highest-paid running back in the National Football League. Is that Red Sting going? <laughs> it's gone. I got it. So this individual is now the highest-paid running back in the NFL, and the Panthers are the stupidest team in the National Football League. I will tell you why. Next stop, shaking your head. There will be a show right here on ESPN Dates, 1410 Wing AM. Justin Kenner Show live here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. I'll have your winning keyword, uh, winning local business keyword coming up here in just a few moments. Your chance to win $1,000. So in the meantime, between now and when I release the keyword, head to wingam.com. Click on win up at the top of the screen and then scroll down to the support local business $1,000 a day giveaway. I'll have your winning local business conference. You have to sit out two years. Now, I think that rule could be scrapped as right now currently the NCAA Voting upon the one-time transfer rule that you would not be penalized, you would not have to sit out a year, you would you know, be able to keep your athletic eligibility in the, during the transfer process from one school to the other without having to be held out a year, which I love. I think that's smart on the NCAA's part. They put up the one-year uh, ban, or they, they put up the one-year, uh, they, they put up the rule that you had to sit out for a year to kind of detour people from transferring. Uh, because a, a whole season, that's a long time. You don't want to miss an entire season. Uh, you know, you only get four years, and with as many pieces are being recruited all at one time and coming in, you don't want to have a year that you're sitting out of the spotlight, you know? I think that's a risk, but yet a lot of athletes don't believe that's the case. That's why the transfer portal fills up with so many names. Not all of them are fifth-year grad transfers. So with that being said... If that rule does come into effect that you could transfer without having to sit out a year, I do see a scenario that Jacob Toppin could be a Dayton Flyer. But you look at the scenarios out there of the, well, doesn't want to maybe follow in his, you know, continue to live in his brother's shadow. 
I counter that with he's going to be in his brother's shadow no matter where he goes. Because the second, I mean, look, when, when John or when John Goodman, my goodness, I've been butchering names <laughs> left and right. Uh, when Jeff Goodman earlier today tweeted out, John Goodman, who's John Go Oh, Roseanne, Dan yeah. Connor. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he's a lot of characters, but Roseanne's how I remember. Um, when Jeff Goodman tweeted out earlier that he was transferring, he didn't say Rhode Island. All right, he said Obi Toppin's brother. He is going to be Obi's brother no matter where he goes. Yep. So it's unfortunate, but if, if that's why he doesn't want to go to UD, I get it. But he's going to have that shadow no matter what. What did the fans do again? Obi's better. Obi's better. Remember that, Dayton Flyer fans? That was you. You did that to him when he was here last. And now you're going to try to shower him with compliments on Twitter? Come on now. He, he ain't dumb. Uh, but no, I think he understands the, the situation at hand. But with that being said, it would be kind of interesting if he returned to a fan base that is one of the most a fan base that loves its team probably more than most do. And everyone knows how much you love your teams. We know the passion from the Flyer fans. They were the same fans that were yelling, Obi's better the last time Jacob was at UD Arena when Rhode Island was in town. So with that being said, it was pretty interesting, nonetheless. All right, uh, but again, he averages just over five points a game, just under four rebounds a game. Uh, wherever he goes, who knows? But I will say this: like I said, don't don't act like he don't act like him coming to Dayton that that his brother's shadow only exists at Dayton. It exists no matter where he goes. That's all I got to say about that. Would he come here? Who knows? The family trusts Anthony Grant. Uh, they know it's a great program. They don't really have to sell it. That's the thing. If if he's interested in going to UD, Anthony Grant doesn't really have to sell him on anything other than maybe what opportunities would present themselves for him. He would have to think the whole reason he's leaving Rhode Island has a lot to do with the fact that hey, you know, they just had these. They've had some major transfers come in. They had the two twins, the the two post players from Maryland that no one really expected them to transfer out, but then they both left to the same place in Rhode Island. That roster is going to look completely different. They're going in a different direction. Rhode Island's going to be one of the teams to look out for next year. That is for sure. But we'll keep an eye on that. I do find that interesting. All right. So you're at wingam.com right now. Head to win. Click on win at the top. Enter the uh, support local business $1,000 a day giveaway. All of our keywords are local businesses here in the Miami Valley. When you enter that local business keyword, you'll be in the running to win $1,000. So the keyword, uh, the local business keyword for this hour is Lee's Chicken. Lee's Chicken. L-E-E. S, obviously, Lee's Chicken. You know how to spell chicken. So Lee's Chicken, enter that at wingam.com for your chance to win $1,000. Lee's dropped off food for us earlier today during the Keith Byers Show. They are huge uh, supporters and sponsors of the Keith Byers Show. We always appreciate that. And, yeah, in fact, we still have some behind us that we've been snacking on Excellent. during the breaks. So there you go. But Lee's Chicken is your local business keyword for the support local business $1,000 day giveaway. All right, so we were talking about contracts, Kevin. Yeah. And uh, you said, hey, every player should go out and get his money. Cash out. You're saying that as if I'm telling you that they shouldn't. All I'm telling you is is that when you do that, you should know that there are, you know, the, the, the cause and effect. You take your money, your team is now behind the eight ball and being able to go out and getting other good players to put with them. With that being said, I had no problem with a quarterback going out to get that much money. Actually, you know what? Let me rephrase that. Every player should go get his money. I agree with you. But there shouldn't be that type of money available for every position out there, especially running back. And the Carolina Panthers just did the stupidest thing in the world because now it's going to force the Browns and the Bengals to make tough decisions here over the next two years. We'll explain. Red's thing out. Red's thing <laughs> I, Yeah. We'll be back in a moment. More of the Justin Kinner Show, Hour 3, next. This is live here on ESPN Dayton.
welcome in. It's the Justin Kenner Show live here on 1410 ESPN Radio. We're off and rolling. Coming up here in 30 minutes, 530, Adam Troutman, Dayton Flyers tight end. Uh, definitely did himself some favors at the NFL Combine and uh, definitely shot up the draft, uh, the NFL draft boards. And we're going to talk with the date, former Dayton Flyer and future NFL star coming up here in just a little bit, 530. Uh, we'll be, I hope he's calling in and looking forward to talking with him coming up here uh, just around the corner. Uh, a lot to get into here this hour. We talked with Keith Byers earlier about his thoughts on if he was playing, uh, if he was a college running back today, would he agree to play in an empty stadium? And what I mean by that is, look, you've got to understand, you only get four years as a college athlete. Those are four memorable years. They are all filled with experiences. And, yes, there's a lot that comes with playing college athletics, but part of that is the experience itself. Uh, I mean, you got to understand, I, mean, I hear nothing from Dayton Flyer fans all the time when they talk about, oh, man, when you're talking about recruiting to be a Dayton Flyer, the you know the home crowd, the atmosphere at a, at a home game for the Flyers, that's one of the selling points for why you should come play at UD. Well, if you take that away, and trust me, there's many reasons why you want to play at UD. I get that. But you take that away, that's one of the main selling points right there. All right? Ohio State has a ton of main selling points is why you want to go be a Buckeye, but I promise you, and it would be the case for Alabama and any other top program out there, but you take away the crowd out of it, that's a completely different story. So my thing is, is if you're a college athlete and they come to you and say, hey, yeah, we're going to move forward with the 2020 college football season, but you're going to play in empty stadiums, I wouldn't be surprised that even if the NCAA moves forward and there is a college football season, I wouldn't be surprised if you do see some college athletes come out and say, yeah, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm going to sit out. And uh, for that very reason, if you only have four years of eligibility, every year you want that to be as memorable a year as possible. Although it would be a historic year where you're playing in front of no fans, it's one way to try to convince yourself you're a part of something special or different. There's nothing special about it. I get you want to be a good team player, but I would have no issue if I, yeah. you know, Penn, you know, Penn State. Imagine, you know, everything that comes with it. What? <laughs> I just thought about that. Like, yeah, like that's their shtick. That's their thing. Like. You know, you shoot when uh, Ohio State has the night games and they wear the black jerseys. It's just like a thing. And and they save those for the biggest game, so it adds that extra layer of this is a big game. I, I just don't get how you do it. And my whole point about this, too, is and I give WrestleMania credit for putting on that show and saying, hey, look, you know, if you're on the WrestleMania card this year, you're going to be part of history because 20 years from now, when you look back and WrestleMania is known for the large crowds, remember that year we didn't have one single fan there? There's going to be people that will forget about everything mm -hmm. that's going on right now because that happens. Yeah. You know, you, you'll remember it when it's brought up, but I mean, you're going to have to be reminded, wait a minute, why were there no fans at this one? Oh, yeah, this was the year of the, the COVID 19 thing. Yeah, maybe, but again, that's not you. You didn't get a rush if you got a big win at WrestleMania. You didn't have a goosebumps go up and down your arm as the crowd goes wild. You didn't get that. Same thing here. Game-winning touchdown. Uh, you field goal as time expires. I guess you would get the rush of the, your teammates and stuff. I don't know. It's just so weird though. These guys are competitors though. And and a big thing what people don't even realize, man, especially like guys that are like upperclassmen, you know, like juniors and seniors, they've been on campus a long time, so. For lack of a better word, they like been brainwashed with this. It's us against the world. It's our university. Everybody hates us. Everybody hates the Buckeyes. Like they're gonna want to play for Buckeye Nation. Like like they're gonna like if they're gonna say the season's gonna go on. These coaches are masterminds of motivating kids to do these things. Like you you know you're familiar with the phrase "run through a brick wall." Like these great coaches can have these kids gonna play some great football and. It's going to help the teams like Ohio State and Alabama because if you're a team that had a coaching change in the offseason, 
your season's already over. You might as well not play because you've missed out on spring ball to do install for your offense or defense. Look at Michigan State. <clears throat> Look at they're, done. they're in a tough spot they're now. Done. They're, they might as well not play. Anybody I mean, that ch- changed coaching staff should not play he because was, they're going to lose every game. He was behind the, the eight ball taking over the, t- the yeah, program yeah. and the situation he did. Not even being choice A. Yeah. Or choice B, you know what I mean? So that that's when and then now you're not even you're not even able to go out and recruit normally. So you're already behind the eight ball there. So yeah, Michigan State's in a tough spot coming up this year. Um and I don't a lot care of how many are. Zoom meetings you do with you with your players and your staff and everything like that. Speaking to someone one on one and face to face, you get to know them a lot better than through a computer screen. So like those teams that are going through that they don't stand a chance this upcoming season. It's going to be more of the same. It's going to be the Ohio State. It's going to be the Alabamas. It's going to be the Clemson. It's going to be even worse. Like, the scores, they're going to be steamrolling. Or would you see more upsets? Because here's why Here's why neutral site games in basketball are so key is because a lot of times, like UD, and I, I don't like that they do this, but they schedule like a Power 5 school, and I, I guess I don't have an issue with that. I just like to see them challenge themselves, but there's no point. You know, they get, got to number three this year, so I'm not trying to get into a scheduling debate here, but my point is is that there's a reason that the Power 5s that out there, they don't like to go on the road. They mm-hmm. like the home court. They like the, they like the fan atmosphere yeah. in their favor. Um, and if you can't be at home, the second best place to be is on a neutral floor when you have a fan base that travels well because then you still get a hint of that home court flavor. Um, and that's always key. But a lot of times when you have talent that's above, you have two teams and one team's more talented than the other. Sometimes a home crowd for the lesser talented team can kind of close the gap a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or the home, t- you know, the home crowd for the team that's more talented, it elevates their play and buries the bad team even more. And that's why it's hard. That's why you don't see a lot of upsets of teams on the road doing it. So with that being said, is Ohio State more vulnerable against some of the weaker teams on their schedule no. when there is no? But <laughs> why is that? But I, I get that. I would never put money on Ohio State losing to any of those teams. But you see not, my point. Not right now. Not with a returning starting quarterback. Like a team with a returning starting quarterback, like a Justin Fields or uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Like they don't. They know the offense. They know the checks. They know all this stuff. They're good to go. If Michigan's they, in trouble. Yeah, they're in trouble. Maybe even Alabama would be in trouble with uh, Mac Jones. Like, you know, he had a couple starts under his belt, but, you know, he's still new to this. But, like, a team like this, they're going to, if they play this season, they're going to steamroll people. Now, in basketball, like you just brought over UD, I do see a big problem. Like, with uh, Duke, camera crazies. They don't even want yeah. home games. They're gonna be <laughs> there, there won't be any camera crazies in the building. Like you, in basketball, home crowd is a big thing. Imagine playing in there, no fans. North Carolina Duke, no yep. fans. Just, because I mean, and I and I made that comment about UD this year. They didn't play outside of their A10 road games. They didn't play, in, and people. I don't know why people got annoyed with the true road game. That's a real phrase, and bad. It's not like an opinion. Like. They play in some of the tougher atmospheres that they played in. I mean, that Rhode Island game and, and some of those games. I mean, that was those were tough road atmospheres where they there was maybe less than a handful of games this year where they didn't have the fan the fan court advantage. Put it that way. Maui, it was UD on vacation. It was UD fans on vacation. I mean, it was insane. You know, everywhere they went. So, but again, it's easy to play up to that level when you have that adrenaline rush from your home fans. It's can you create your own energy when you're on the road? And sometimes the intensity of a fan base booing you 
also yeah. elevates you. I don't care what, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's the empty arenas. Like, when you got to go to a mid-major school, like if a mid-major school has to go to, like, a Wright State, you know, Wright State having to play in front of an empty, you know, 5,000 fans, maybe a lot for mid-major standards, but for if UD had to play in front of 5,000 fans, that's tough for them to do. Yeah, I agree. And zero fans? Oh, it's going to be th- tough. Th- then now you have to create your own energy. And there's some teams that are used to having to create their own energy. Mid-major schools, smaller conference schools, they're used to having to create their own energy. Because for some schools, there's no such thing as a home court advantage in mid-major basketball. All right? So like, we talk about, oh, well, look at their record at home. I don't care. I've, I've looked in the Horizon League. There's teams that average less than 2,000 fans at home game. You think they have home court advantage when they're at home? Stop it. So that's all I'm saying is, is there's some lesser teams that know how to win with no fans there. There's going to be some fans that it definitely they struggle with. If you're talking basketball, Duke, you're right. I didn't even think about it from that standpoint. UD, I think, would struggle for as far as that goes because they're used to having those home fans elevate them uh, from an energy standpoint. So it's an interesting thing to think about but i can't imagine ohio state michigan this november if the season starts and continues as planned i can't imagine that scary i can't stuff, imagine that. man scary stuff to really think about to go into a football season without football four five seven nine four uh six four that's the number to call in and join in on the conversation all right we'll transition over to this uh we talked earlier about what the hell were we talking about oh yeah court at once teams and by the way speaking of dayton flyers adam troutman joins us in 15 minutes um we'll talk about the draft process with him and how he's preparing for the draft despite having to battle through uh you know a lot of the you know issues with the extra precautions having to be taken due, due to the social distancing practices that are going on but we're talking about the sign one cut one trade one which led us to the quarter back conversation and and how Russell Wilson you know it's important to try to win that Super Bowl it's always important to try to win one but it's you, your best your best window to win a Super Bowl is when you have that rookie quarterback when he's he's not getting paid the max dollar you're able to allocate those dollars elsewhere to make a super defense or a super offense the Browns for instance that's an offense look at that offense that offense is going bye-bye the second they have to pay Baker OBJ will not be there Hooper will not be there and uh, obviously, you will not have Chubb and you will not have Kareem Hunt. The second he gets paid, you're going to have to pick on that two of those guys and probably lose Jarvis, too. You're not keeping all those guys once Baker gets paid if he gets paid that max dollar. That's the reality of it. And we've seen the Seahawks go downhill since they had to pay Russell Wilson. But the league has set it up to where these guys look like the villains. That forces guys like me to come on here and say, well, if Russell Wilson wouldn't have taken that money... I think both could be true. Both can be true of saying they need to go get their money, and, well, because they took their money, that's why the team's not as good. Both are true, and that's the reality of it, unfortunately. Now, I get why teams have to go all out to overspend to get a quarterback because you can't win without a quarterback, but what you can do is you can go out and find running backs. It doesn't. There are some running backs that are better than others. We had a lot of similar conversation about Zeke Elliott last year. I thought that the Cowboys were foolish for paying him the money that he was asking for. Uh, I thought, I mean, we've seen them with DeMarco Murray. We've seen them replace running back after running back after running back, and they've done it just fine. Why they gave Zeke that money is still beyond me, and then he ended up, let's see, what did he do? He got his money and had one of his worst years since arriving in Dallas since, you know, coming from Ohio State. McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey just becomes, signs a four-year extension averaging $16 million a year now with the Carolina Panthers, who don't have a quarterback. Teddy, Teddy two gloves. Stop it. He's a bridge guy. No pun intended. <laughs> nice. I didn't even try that. All right. Did you, watch, did you watch Teddy Bridgewater in, in Breeze's absence? Yes, the team won, but you know what? It was a... It, Stop it. His numbers were not He good. was better than Drew Brees. Stop it. He was better than Drew Stop. Brees. 
I don't want Teddy Bridgewater. Stop it. He was better than Drew Brees. They don't have their quarterback. They, bottom line, they don't have their quarterback. So, bottom line is, you don't have your quarterback. You go and you make Christian McCaffrey the highest paid running back in the league? 100%. Running backs grow on trees. In fact, I just planted a running back tree in my yard <laughs> last night. I can't wait to go. Just get, you know, I'm going to be selling running backs left and right. The I reason why it's a great deal is because he's only 23 years old. It's an extension. And by the time he hits 27 and going to be on the downward, he's gonna, the, the deal's going to be over. So they signed him when you should sign him. You pay him when you can. And but, he... And when he sucks, just cut him. How long do they have Bridgewater for? Three years? I believe it's not a three-year deal. So this only works, and it's a wide receiver-rich draft. So if you have, and by the way, McCaffrey was talked about in the MVP conversation last year and all that stuff. Great. Whoop-de-doo. Okay. <laughs> with, that, with that being said, with that being said, so if Bridgewater is their guy, whatever their guy means, their guy, you have your quarterback, you have your running back, it's a wide receiver-rich draft. Hopefully they give Bridgewater weapons that they never gave Cam. So there you go. Steve Smith wasn't terrible, obviously, but they never went above and beyond to get him anything else. Um, so, I, I look, it is what it is as far as that. Who else do they have? I guess they, they had... had uh, Kelvin Benjamin. They, draft, they uh, traded for Kelvin Benjamin. A tight end. Uh, um, uh, they had Olsen. Um, I forget who they had at running back when they went to the Super Bowl. But, yeah, they were they were solid. They were solid. Yeah. All right. So, with that being said... <laughs> I mean, you just disagree on see this? Yeah, anyways. Bottom line is, is now this sets up a situation for the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. I said two years ago, and look at the running back market. Why would you pay that much for Look, the Rams made a huge mistake with Todd Gurley. They just had to eat all of that money because they paid him off of one really, really good year, good years, and then one really good year, just like McCaffrey, and then it blew up in their face. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. McCaffrey had been balling since he got to the league. Balling at this level that he did last year? No. Well, you, I mean, the year before that, he went for 1,200 rushing and 800 yards receiving. This year, he had like uh, 1,100 yards rushing, 1,000 yards receiving. Rookie year, like 500 and 500. So he's been balling since he got to the league. Uh, Gurley, he had injury problems in college. Injury when he was in the pros, and they still paid him. I agree. That was a bad move. I think that... Why? Well, he paying, needed his money. He got his money. Good I, I, I'm wanting to get his money. <laughs> Yo, I'm all about it. Uh, but with Zeke getting his money, the reason I wouldn't have paid Zeke is because, I mean, I mean he, I'm a Buckeye fan, but, I mean, it's obviously he's a knucklehead. That's why I wouldn't have paid him. All right. But, no, with that being said, now this leads to this. So... Girl, I mean, and then last year, Melvin Gordon, after watching what Todd Gurley got, he says, I'm going to play hardball as well. He lost. Yeah. Uh, he lost. And then, you know, the Cowboys, I, I just thought that after the Rams made the mistake they did with Gurley and already releasing him, I thought that other teams would take note. Didn't work out for them. Uh, Melvin Gordon tried to, you know, stonewall the Chargers. Didn't work. He didn't get his money. Okay, that's another team you should take note of. Okay, they didn't cave into their good running back. And then the Cowboys made another mistake, although I don't think teams look at the Cowboys making a mistake yet. It will be looked at as a mistake if he has another year like he did last year because Zeke is not the most mentally focused NFL player out there. And again, McCaffrey maybe is, and maybe it's a character thing too. I don't know. But the bottom line is is that there's a lot of good running backs out there. The Cleveland Browns have two. They have two. And they're going to have to make a decision here shortly. Look, th but the bottom line is the Browns did what they should have done, and that is they overbooked at every position possible. They have the highest paid, uh, highest paid tight end in the league. Uh, you know, you went and traded for OBJ and that crazy contract that the Giants were dumb enough to give them. You obviously, you know, so now you have Chubb, who, you know, best running back in football maybe, arguably, you can make that have that conversation. Top five. 
pro football focus says otherwise. They graded him as the top running back in the league. He's going to want his money, all right? Yeah. And then you look at Joe Mixon with the Bengals. If he gets his, I mean, he's going to be, I knew he was going to be asking for his money, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to, I mean, not be surprised, of course, it's going to be coming up this next offseason. But when Zeke was going through his stuff, I was like, Mixon was very, he was chirping about how disrespected the running backs were in the league. I'm like, I already see what he's doing. He's positioning himself because he's going to go after that dollar. Go after your dollars, that's fine. But will the Bengals pay him that money? No, no, it's the Bengals. They're not paying nobody. Well, I'll <laughs> give them credit for being smart on this one. Will the Browns, you know, give Chubb that type of money? I don't care if the Browns fans even want Chubb to get that money. I don't want the majority of my team's dollars going into running back positions. It's one thing if you overpay for a quarterback, but don't you dare do it for a running back. I'm sensing that you don't want to pay anybody. <laughs> you, Someone just said, yeah, you could blame your Steelers and Le'Veon Bell. What? Hey. Le'Veon. I just think there's very few. I think we've 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 been a little too generous with what a max dollar player is. That's why. But you just said that with a quarterback, you wouldn't be willing to give him some money, or when they get money, don't be mad when you can't yeah. build the team around them. Yeah, that's why so they're building. The Bengals fell into that trap. They never made Andy Dalton the highest paid quarterback. But what they did is they got married to a very average looking girl. They said, "Oh, can I do better? There are better looking girls out there. Can I get a hotter girl than this?" No, you know she, you know she. I mean, she is, she's okay. She's kind of pretty. I mean, her family has some money, so yeah, I'm just gonna stay with her. That's what they did. That's what the Bengals did with Andy Dalton, and they because they could have just said, you know what, this isn't gonna work out, and sure, we might lose a few years in the process of looking for our next quarterback, but so be it. That's their problem. Teams get they panic. I think Carolina's settling for Bridgewater. I think they're panicking because. There could be better quarterbacks out there, but he's a very good quarterback, and there's I don't think he's going to take you to where you want to go. But they're going to stick with him because he's just good enough, and it's hard to find just good enough nowadays. So people overpay because it's tough to find a quarterback out there. Wasn't he the second best free agent quarterback on the market? No. Who? Name, what's named the free agent quarterback? Teddy Bridgewater was not the second best. Tom Brady. Tom number Brady's one. number one. Brady, I mean Tom Brady, number Tom one. Tom Brady's number one and two. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> QB twelve. I know. Uh, hold up, but there's a there's a ton of names. Who are we missing? I would say uh, that one. Philip Rivers. No, definitely number two. No way. I'll take Philip Rivers over Bridgewater any day, every day of the week, and I can't wait to watch the Colts in the playoffs while Teddy Bridgewater's awesome ass is sitting at home watching I, the playoffs with that overpaid running back of his. I would not have paid. Rivers. I wouldn't. I think that Jacoby is better than Rivers. Huh? Yeah, Jacoby Percet. I'd have took him before Rivers. I'd have, I'd have rolled with him. Like, did y'all see Rivers throwing interceptions left and right on the four o'clock games last year? He was the reason they were losing. And he the had line. weapons. Uh, not that offensive line. Keenan Allen. Oh, he had Mike weapons. Williams. Oh, but Baker Mayfield had weapons. He didn't have an offensive line. Look how much he plummeted from year one to year two. And ain't stopped Chubb from being the best running back in the league. That's okay. The Bengals had the worst offensive line ever a few years ago, and he led the league and he led the AFC in rushing. Joe Mixon did. Shout out to Joe Mixon. Shout out to Joe Mixon. I hey. met him at a concert one time. Ay ay ay. Four five seven nine four six four. I don't even know where this argument all started. <laughs> All right, let's continue talking some NFL. Uh, Dayton Flyers, Adam Troutman. We'll talk about uh, what he's what he's up to these days in preparation for the upcoming NFL draft. He joins us in five minutes. Don't go anywhere. More of the Justin Kinner Show when we come back. Here on ESPN Dayton, 1410 Wing AM.
Your chance to win $1,000 will have your support local business, local business keyword, coming up here in just about 15 minutes or so. Again, when you hear that local business keyword, you head to wingam.com, enter it uh, in the support local business $1,000 day giveaway for your chance to win $1,000. I'm excited to bring on our next guest. We have Dayton Flyers' Adam Troutman with us. Adam, how are you, man? Welcome. And what what uh, resources do you have in regards to working out right now? I mean, are you communicating with teams? I mean, do you have a coach that's helping you along the way? I mean, how are you preparing for that as far as that's concerned from the workout side? Yeah, so um, I got access to a uh, turf field, local turf field, so I just go out there and I can do all my routes, the sprint, conditioning, blocking stuff, whatever. My little brother will throw to me and he'll hold the hold pad for me to block. Um, and then workouts. Um, I don't have access to a legit weight room, so I got a bunch of bands at my house and med ball and stuff, and, and really it's just getting creative um, with it. And then in regards to talking to teams, all you can do is FaceTime or Zoom or Skype or WebEx or, you know, whatever application they use, and that's the only FaceTime you have with coaches right now. What teams, uh, if you're allowed to say, what teams have been in, in, in contact with you? I mean, I mean, are you hearing from many teams, or is that something you expect to increase as you get closer, or how has that been working? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked to several teams. I'm not going to name specifically who, but yeah, I mean, tight end needy teams. I've I've been very much so in contact with, um, not only in the last what ever since the combine last month and a half, but obviously before that as well from from the senior bowl through through the combine. So did the Patriots say they'd pay you a lot of money, or did they? <laughs> no, man, I ain't going to do that to you. No, but that, that, that's really cool, though. I mean, right now, and I'm curious, too, because your story is really interesting. I mean, you've at what point in your careers, you know, in high school and in, in the early years at UD, at what point in your career did you realize, man, I actually, I, you know, the NFL is a realistic goal and a realistic landing spot, and, and with all due respect to UD, why did you stay loyal to UD and say, hey, I can, get, I can accomplish my goals here. I don't need to go to a bigger school to accomplish accomplish that yeah so uh in regard to your first question i think after my redshirt sophomore year was when i kind of was like okay maybe i can do this like it's realistic and um now did i ever think it would get to this point where it's like hey you know you're gonna be the probably gonna be the second tight end off the board uh this year's draft and, <laughs> and go on day two no i never thought it would get to this point um but i know the work i put in would would get could possibly get me here and make it a, a realistic possibility but I uh, said from my redshirt sophomore year, um, our OC for the last, I think, th uh, three years. Um, he's with the Raiders now, Coach Austin King. Um, and he sat me down and was like, hey, man, you, you got everything. Like, you can do this. You know, you just just keep working hard. I'm going to give you everything you, you need to, to be successful and, and get you to that level. And, and I just trusted him and, and trusted that. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's when I first saw it was realistic. And then, obviously, first practice of, of camp this year, there's six different teams standing on the sidelines. So that's when I was like, okay, now this is actually legit. Um, and then, um, sorry, what was your second question? No, the second question was in you know the second question was. You know, at a certain point when you realize that the NFL was oh, a realistic yeah, yeah. future, you know, and I, I give you all the credit in the world in the day and age where everyone's always looking for the bigger yeah. program and the bigger spotlight. What was it about UD that you trusted to say, you know, I can I can accomplish my goals here. I don't need to try and test the waters with the Ohio State or a bigger yeah. program like that. Um, well, for me, seeing uh, there was a kid out of Drake, a tight end that got drafted in the fifth round when I was a redshirt freshman. So seeing that was obviously huge for me, being like, oh, it doesn't matter where you play. Like, if you're good enough, the NFL will find you. Um, so I trusted that. And then I mean, I would think, honestly, I wouldn't change a thing about where I went. And, and uh, 
saying here, Dayton, like I had the best situation. I played in the legitimate pro-style offense for the last uh, three years, and, you know, I walk into these systems and coaches teaching plays to see how you understand information all that kind of stuff. Um, and I've ran in everything. would never um, change a thing about where I went to school. And, um, you know, a big part of that was just Dayton itself with, with the football program, and, and I would say for sure. I'm curious because, uh, you know, I've talked about this with, like, Luke Kennard and, and, and guys like this in the past who, you know, yeah. all right, well, now with that being said, obviously, uh, you know, Vegas will not be held in Vegas. Now. Contract the virus and bring it here. But it's just going to be me, um, my little brother, and uh, like I said, hopefully my parents, and then, you know, I'm, I know for a fact, like, I'll be on um, to go to rookie minicamp, but there's not going to be a rookie minicamp this year mm-hmm. um, out there, and you're playing against the best, some of the best players in the entire country. And um, being able to line up, yeah, private workouts would have definitely been huge just to get more personal. I'd love to play for all of those guys, but I would trade. Ooh, I'd trade Russ right now. I think you'd probably get the most for him at this point. But okay. I actually, appreciate it, guys. Take all care, right, man. All right, good stuff, Adam Traubman. I like him, man. He has good and obviously the, the senior bowl, the combine, not having those one-on-one workouts with teams. You know, when teams do their job. That was cool. I'm glad we got a, a chance to catch up with him. But really, I'm really pulling for him. And out there that would allow him to trust that they can get him where he needs to be. Because that's the big thing is trust is, hey, it's one thing if we're playing in this smaller division, but can you get me where I need to go? Not smaller division, a, but you know what I mean. That's about that first pick in the second round. That first pick in the second round. Are they going to use? But the thing is, they make that decision. We're going to have to live with it because ultimately we can't, if they choose to. should say when you enter that at wingam.com, you'll be uh, in a position to win $1,000. Every out. The sport out there, man. <laughs> Survival is a sport, folks. All right. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you for hanging out. We'll do it again tomorrow. This is.